Happy Tuesday night, everyone, and welcome to Game Face episode 150, a semi-milestone. Yeah. It's a nice round number. It is. Absolutely. Uh, we have a great show for you guys tonight. We have several big games we're going to talk about, a couple smaller topics as well. Um, before we get started, I want to mention that we're going to be shooting a new round of Pactor Factor this weekend. Uh, tomorrow you'll be able to find on the site and on our Patreon a place where you can ask questions. It is the last Pactor Factors for 2018. Um, <laughs> can the Switch make 15 million <laughs> units up in time for March? Someone might want to ask that. Uh, he, he, a, said, he said at the beginning of the year, 8 million. It's the, on exactly. track for 8 million. Yeah, it seems to be a hot topic. Uh, so yeah, feel free to ask whatever you want. I don't want. know why everybody cares so much about how one of this company they don't have stock in is going to sell copies I, of this thing. I don't either. But, uh, but it'll be the last episode of Pactor Factor for the year. So ask questions about Q4. You can ask questions about next year because I think we'll have at least one or two episodes that we record on Saturday that will actually run next year. Um, so it should be a good round of episodes. Obviously, tons of financial stuff coming up right now with it being Q4. This tends to be like the mile marker yeah. for the industry. Speaking where... of which, did, did you break even on the shirts? I did. You're not... yeah. <laughs> we broke even. We did a flash sale on Black Friday. Uh, we took $5 off each shirt. And through that flash sale, we finally broke even on our T-shirt. So thank you very much to everyone who bought them. Don't stop buying them. <laughs> now, now's where we actually make a little bit of money, hopefully, on them. That would be nice. Uh, but we did break even on the shirts, which is great. Uh, I guess I should mention, uh, so a lot of the sizes are starting to sell out. We are completely out of mediums. We have one small left across all three colors. There's one. So if you, if you wear a small, you've been waiting, you should probably get that last one before they're gone. We're not making more of these. So if you want it, you better grab it. I think XL, there's only like three left, something like that. Triple XL, there's like one. Uh, so a lot of the sizes are getting down to it. So you've been waiting maybe to pick up a shirt. You should probably do it soon or they're going to be gone in your size. Uh, but we have a great show. We have a lot to talk about. So let's just get straight to it. Uh, the biggest story of the week, undoubtedly, at least in my opinion, is something that just happened today. Mm. Um, and that is that Red Dead Online went online for some people, not yes. for everyone. <laughs> uh, in fact, as someone who has who got review code from Rockstar for the game, my code does not give me early access Yeah, it sounds to... like the review code was the special edition, which yeah. is also the one I bought because I didn't want to spend 20 extra dollars on online stuff I didn't care about, so I also did not get to play the beta. Yeah, uh, it went up this morning at like 5.30 a.m. Eastern or something like that, and people who bought the most expensive version of the game got to play it today. Mm -hmm. uh, and then throughout the week, they're rolling it out to more people. So I think tomorrow, everybody who bought it on launch day or played the game on launch day, and I don't even know if the, I did that, actually, now that I think about <laughs> it. I had, like, finished the game before mm. launch day. So I don't know if I'll get in tomorrow either. That's it, should, it should count it at any point. I hope. Before that, yeah. I mean, that's what they said. They said if you played it on the day it came out, uh, then you'll be able to get on tomorrow. And then they're slowly rolling it out. And then by Friday, every single person who owns the game uh, we'll be able to play Red Dead Online. It's still technically a beta. Yeah, um, and they've warned that like it might reset. Right, they did warn that. Yeah. So, so Matt and I have not played it, but I got a huge press release from Rockstar today that gave me all the details, and we're going to give you a great preview of this. I don't think it even matters if we've played it yet. I think we're going to be able to supply you with all the information you need to figure out whether you want to jump in. 
who am I kidding? Everyone's going to jump in. Yeah, if you have it, why not? Yeah, but we have all the information on all the modes, how it all works, and we're going to share that with you today. I uh, also want to give a special thanks to uh, YouTube channel Game Riot, who did get in early and did publish footage, and we've used that footage for this section of the show. And there was a, a note at the beginning as well that thanked them, but I wanted to mention that. Um, so let's talk about Red Dead Online. It was pretty much a complete mystery up until today, really. Well, outside of that one leak that cost that that uh, outlet a million dollars. Right, yeah. Because some they, of that stuff... Some of that stuff was right. It was right. Yeah, it absolutely was right, which is why he got sued. Yes. You're not going to get sued for just saying stuff that isn't true. So, Well, that's a different suit. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll walk you through how it kind of works. So you, you start the game, and you kind of watch a little bit of this already. I'll catch up very quickly to what you're seeing on screen. Uh, you start, you're in prison. Uh, they take you in a cart out of prison, and during the trip, which is where we are right now, some of your buddies basically break you out of the uh, buggy, the jail buggy, and you basically basically crew up with them. And you'll see in a minute here, once you crew up with them, uh, you ride with them to a camp, and you have a separate camp. Now, one thing to keep in mind here is that Red Dead Online is completely discreet from the single-player stuff. So you're basically starting all over with your character. Um, so here you can see they're, they're breaking you out. Eventually you go to a camp. Uh, you have a camp where you set up. There are people there who give you your first mission. And then the first mission that you go on is actually pretty typical for Red Dead 2, uh, but it's cooperative. So you, go, you basically form a posse and you go on your first mission with, uh, with your posse. And then once you complete that first mission, that's when everything kind of cracks open to you. Mm. And crack open does it ever. This mode is ab absolutely gigantic. I am shocked at how much is already go already in there. And, and Rockstar has already said that, you know, this is going to be just like GTA Online, an evolving thing where there's just new stuff added to it all the time. Uh, so you start by creating a character. And again, you have to create a new character from the one that you are using in the main campaign, which may be a little weird. Um, well, it's not Arthur Morgan doing this. So. Yeah, it's true. Um, so once you get out in the wild, once you kind of go through the preliminary stuff, the morality system in Red Dead Online seems to have even more sway than it did in the main campaign. Your honor basically changes everything. So how you act when you're online will affect how the missions that you take on and how the missions play out. So one example that Rockstar gave was if you're... If your honor is good, then you will be assigned to defend a stagecoach as it travels from point A to point B. If your honor is bad, then you're assigned to rob that stagecoach, which creates this good guys, bad guys sort of dynamic, which I think is absolutely brilliant. I think it's something that Westworld gets really pretty much nails. Um, that old school Western aesthetic of the bad guy in black and the good guy in the white hat. Uh, they're they're kind of carrying that through the entire online suite for Red Dead Online, which I think is pretty freaking cool. Um, Especially since it didn't have a lot of sway in the. It really player. did it, yeah. And I, I'm sure a lot some of, discounts and stuff, but yeah, I'm sure a lot of people like me finished the campaign and then either reloaded an old save and tried to get a different ending, or just went on YouTube and watched them. Uh, but 
no matter how you you did it, ultimately you figured out that the morality morality system in the campaign really didn't change that much. Um, most of the scenes leading up to a final scene that I'm not going to spoil are all, all the same. And then there's one kind of extra scene depending on how you play the game at the end of the game. Uh, it appears that Red Dead Online is going to really take that morality system and run with it, which I think is a great idea. Um, I, want, I always play the good guy in games. In fact, when I finished Red Dead Redemption 2, my good guy meter was all the way to the top. And I got an achievement for that as well. Uh, so generally, I always play the good guy when I play games. But after hearing how this handles, it sounds like being the bad guy might be more fun mm-hmm. than being the good guy. I mean, a lot of it will depend on how they mix up the, uh, the missions and the mission types and things like that. Um, so let's start going through some of the modes. So free roam missions, this is, I think, is what you see first here. Uh, basically, there are stranger icons lo- located throughout the map, just like with the regular game. Um, and if you head over to them, uh, either by yourself or with your posse, um, you activate a free roam mission. And the free roam missions actually pull characters from the main campaign. So Rockstar says, be, be ready to see some familiar faces. Um, but th- they just like all the other stuff, the, how the missions play out vary based upon how noble or nefarious you are. Um, the next, the next option is called a land of opportunities. This is a deeper cooperative kind of option for two to four players and they're multi-part series of missions that you play together with up to three other players. Um, and again, it's another option where your honor will alter how parts of the mission play out and the different objectives that you're given. I don't know how that works when you're with a posse and and you have four people there who may have all different honors. I don't know if they average them out and like say, okay, this is your posse's honor level. I, I honestly don't know. Uh, but, they, but they did say that the land of opportunities will change based upon honor and that is up to four players cooperative. Um, then let's talk about the competitive modes. Uh, there's tons of horse racing in the game. Uh, there's point to point, there are lap races, and there are open races that are strewn all across the map. Uh, this Red Dead Online also opens up new areas of the map that you haven't explored before. And as you can see, this early stuff looks like it's part of that arid environment. If you remember on the map, mm-hmm. it was like all the way to the southeast, I believe, on the mm-hmm. map. Um, so yeah, obviously new terrain. It's a lot more arid, a lot more desert, a lot more Mexico-ish than a lot of the stuff we experienced from the main campaign. Um, uh, competitive modes other than horse racing. Uh, there's, there are things called uh, showdown series markers. And once you approach one of those, it will very quickly matchmake you with other players. And uh, matchmaking apparently works across all the modes. They didn't go into the details of how you're matched with other players. But you don't have to have a posse of three real friends to play. It will match you up with other people. Um, so the first mode we're going to talk about is called Shootout and Team Shootout. And that's basically just Team Deathmatch. Just, they just renamed it. Uh, it's Team Deathmatch, Team Deathmatch. You're basically competing to get as many kills as possible before a timer runs out. So it's not a TDM where it says first team to 50 kills. It's... Here's the amount of time. You're going to play it till the end. Whichever team has the most kills when the clock runs out is the winner. Uh, there's one called Make It Count. And this is Red Dead's Battle Royale mode. And it has a twist. 
The twist is that in the Battle Royale mode, you can only use bows and knives. That's it. Hmm. So there's no guns or anything else. It's very primitive weaponry. Um, and like every Battle Royale mode, the objective is to be the last one standing. It's every man for himself. And then there's also a gradually shrinking player area as time goes mm-hmm. on to force people together so that there's more conflict. Um, so it sounds like a very generic Battle Royale mode. I think it has 32 players. Yeah. 32. Which is okay. It's I like, imagine they might up that as time goes on. It's possible. But. I mean, this is the beta, and they're, they don't want their servers to melt, basically, while they're mm. testing all this stuff out. So they, they could boost it up, but a lot of that depends on the map. Like, if they've built the map from the beginning to be for 32 players, there's really not much you can do after that. Uh, so that's called Make It Count. Uh, next up is Most Wanted. Uh, can you guess what that is, Matt? Uh, I'm going to guess that's asy- <laughs> asymmetrical multiplayer where one guy is being hunted by everybody else. Kind of. Uh, basically how it works is every kill pushes you up the leaderboard. Mm-hmm. And then when people kill you, they get more points depending on how high you are. So event- so you're essentially, if you're playing well, you become a marked man mm-hmm. that everyone goes after because they're going to get more points for killing you, which could be very interesting. It's probably one of the more interesting I think interesting that was in modes. the first one. Was it? I remember something like that in the first one. Yeah. I played zero Red Dead Redemption 1 online. I did not touch the online in that I game. played a lot of it. I think I got most of the achievements. First, I played that bef- with some of my friends before I played the single player, which turned out to be a bad idea because it was the same map, and so I was so familiar with everything when I started playing the single player that everything felt like review. Right. And, like the fact that I couldn't go places was annoying. Um I think I think this is the better order to do that in, especially also like they're putting it in new places that are not somewhere you're going to be intimately familiar with from playing the, the single player game. So that's a good good call. Yeah, we're seeing now the camp, so looks a little different than what you had in the main campaign. Definitely pared down a great deal. Not as much hustle and bustle. Not as many people. I do not know if it expands as you play. Yeah, I don't know. Rockstar did not mention that. I mean, Rockstar did mention that you unlock gear and things like that, and there's currency there that gold bars that you can use to pay for mm. the the cosmetics and it does appear that only cosmetics are paid for with real money we'll see we've heard that before uh next up is hostile territory uh it's a, basically their version of control uh, you capture territory you get points once you capture that area uh, the team with the most points at the end when the clock expires wins the match um it says you can win outright by capturing every territory, which mm. seems a little weird. Probably um, very difficult. Yeah, I mean, it happens a lot in other games that have that mode. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was just playing Battlefield Five last night, and at pretty much every control game I was in, at one point we had all the points in the map. So Yeah, well, these are much slower people. Yeah, so. I mean, it could change the strategy, too, to where you're more apt to try to defend territories or watch the map to figure out which territories are taken instead of just going crazy and all willy-nilly. Well, we certainly know Rockstar is now not afraid to try to make people place things, play things differently than normal. Yep, we learned that with the campaign, that's for sure. Um, and then the last mode that they've announced so far is called Name Your Weapon. And uh, basically it's a mode where the more obscure and weird the weapon is that you use, the more points you get for using it to kill which would encourage people to use weapons and armaments that maybe they wouldn't even consider using. So they're basically trying to stop it from just being a game full of Lancaster repeaters. Pretty much, yeah. 
because that's that's the best gun in the game. It absolutely it's is, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Without a doubt. Um, and then this is a feature that wasn't in the main campaign. Uh, there's like a card system that you can use for buffs to your abilities. Um, they didn't mention this a ton in the uh, in the press release that they sent me this morning, so I don't know a lot of the details about the card stuff. Um, but it sounds like a unique way to kind of work with it online mode. We don't really see that this very often. It sounds like what Microsoft was making people do for several years. What do you mean? Well, with the the card system being like how you upgraded stuff in Forza and Tomb uh, Raider and yeah. all that. Like that was a Halo. Like the card thing is interesting. Like I wonder if that's part of the microtransaction scheme. It's possible. I mean, Rockstar says no. Rockstar is saying that anything that has to do with your in-game abilities will not be able to be paid for mm -hmm. with real money. But again, I mean, they, they kind of said before. that about GTA Online as well. And like, t I guess it's technically true, but. Being able to buy a fighter jet does impact my my abilities <laughs> to do things. I mean, we had people strafing us in fighter jets on a regular basis in that game. So, yeah. like, yes, technically, I guess that's cosmetic, but it was also kind of annoying. That's not cosmetic, though, a fighter jet. No. I mean, a fighter I mean, jet, that impacts gameplay big time. It can. Yeah, I at mean, one point, I, at unless one somebody point, sucks with it, That's the one, the one bit of money I did spend on that game was I went and, and when somebody was doing that, I went and I bought my own jet and just flew up, instead of stealing one from the, the base I bought my own jet flew up and shot him down and just kept <laughs> kept doing that until he went away <laughs> uh, so that's... but in the meantime Rockstar made like 50 bucks off the two of us just right. because of that interaction <laughs> so so I, I think now that we know a lot about Red Dead Online for Red Dead Redemption 2 that it, it, we can start kind of comparing it to GTA Online uh, Rockstar did say in the press release that you know the world is live and there are, mm -hmm. there are other human players everywhere, and that's just part of what you have to deal with. That you could be in the middle of a mission, you could get ambushed by a bunch of other players. Um, it does sound a little reminiscent of the early days with the ATA, ATM machines in Grand Theft Auto Online, mm -hmm. which people hated, until people figured out that you could just basically send the money to your account with your cell phone. Yeah, I was never clear if that was always there or if Rockstar added that. I think it was always there. Yeah. I think it was just like people just didn't know it and freaked out about it Well, the, definitely the tooltip thing told you to put it in an ATM. It did. Yeah, yeah. so like, I can see where people got that idea. Oh, it happened to me first few days. I, I, I would never take my money in. Because every time I go there, there'd be like eight dudes hanging out by the <laughs> ATM waiting to rob me. And I was just, just like... Just like Philly. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Sadly, that is true. Um, what what other parts of, of GTA Online? I feel like you probably played GTA Online more than I did. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I got 100%. You did? You, or, then you definitely played it more than I did. I got a level 100. I got to level 100 on PS4. Oh, okay. Um, so what parts of that do you, one, think would be great if they move over to Red Dead Online, and what parts would you be nervous if they made the jump? Well, I figure the obvious thing to move over is the heist thing. Yeah. Because that makes sense here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Robbing banks and stagecoaches. And... I guess, like, the way the morality system works is the heists could be maybe... Maybe they could be making them sort of two-sided. So, like, players are the ones guarding the bank or whatever. I, am, I am not sure if that... I mean, I, I read you basically what was in the press release that they yeah. sent me. I'm not sure if they were saying that... There's a good guy in the same mission and a bad guy mm -hmm. in the same mission, or if you play a mission... You're playing against NPCs one way or the other, but right. it just depends on what yeah, I'm, role I'm you are. I'm completely unclear on that. And it would be absolutely awesome if the bad guys were always human players and the good guys were always human players. That, to me, would be the trick. 
Mm -hmm. I mean, you could... It seems like a logical next step. It does, but it, it feels like if that were the case, there would be some kind of a like a struggle thing going on because mm -hmm. there have been games in the past that have done that where like you choose a side when you first start playing it online and then they have there was a mech game what was it that had that where you battled for territories but you were a, bit, a part Hounds. of a bigger yeah chrome hounds and you would battle for like smaller territories but ultimately it was this mm -hmm. big gigantic war going on between two sides it would be awesome if that were the case, if, the, if it ultimately ends up being that. But I'm completely unsure. I do not know. I don't know if that, if that would work in a game where like you're supposed to have this amount of free roam control. Because Chrome Hounds worked because all you were doing was the fighting. Yep. But in this, you still have to leave room for players to sort of wander around and do their thing. Yeah. Um, but I can see them populating like the heist missions with real people. That would be amazing. Um, maybe make it too difficult too. Maybe, but I mean, Rockstar is ambitious, and that would explain why those kind of things are not yet in the game. Because you know, it took them a long time to put the heights. In. I mean, part of the reason they took them a long time to put the heights in GTA Online because they had to cut them out of the single-player game. Right. I, I will believe that <laughs> till I die. Uh, those heists were supposed to be part of the single-player game, and they realized it was more lucrative to put them in the online. Well, they also realized they didn't um, want to do story DLC. So. Yeah, well, it was hand-in-hand hand with that. But it's like, there's no other reason that that game set you up with all that like stuff where you could like, you know, build your team, and the team levels up, and there's like, and then they had you do it like three times. Yeah. And none of that ever mattered. Yeah. So it's like... That was, a, that was a totally dangling gameplay system that they never followed up on. So I think that's what happened. And so I, I would expect the same thing to happen here. Has Rockstar confirmed that there's going to be no story DLC for Red Dead 2? I don't know, but I'm assuming there isn't. Yeah, how do you feel about that, trading off this for eh, story the game's DLC? game's long enough as it is. <laughs> I know you're not a gigantic fan of the game. No. So I would like some more story DLC. But here's the thing. The way the game plus works, and have you finished it? Have you no. made it to the end? Okay. Well, the way the game plus works at the end of the game, I don't know that you really need story DLC because mm -hmm. it continues on in a different way after you finish the game. I mean, you could add like more weird things that happen to Arthur or whatever. You know, it's, it's it, there's certainly room, or you could do something along the lines of Undead Nightmare, which is a totally separate thing that was just batshit crazy, which right. I also support that. I mean, yeah. that was cool. Um, I could do a, do a totally separate standalone thing where uh, aliens invade. Cowboys versus cop, cowboys and aliens. Let's just do that. That'll be that'll be the. Expansion. They did that already. Yep. <laughs> well, they also did zombies, but yeah. Cares. No, I mean there's a movie called Cowboys oh, and yeah. Aliens, right? Yeah. Based on a comic book, horrible bomb. Yeah, it wasn't um, very good. Was it Harrison Ford in that? Yep. Yeah, I thought so. Um, so, what parts of uh, GTA do you want to bring over? What What did you really like about GTA Online? What kept you going until you got to that level 100? The heists. The heist. That's it. It's the only thing I liked. <laughs> really? Yeah, those are the best part. And I like that because I, I played it a little bit when it came out, and it was stupid. It was just I just people, had fun people sniping around. each other and doing stupid things, and we you know we played around a bit. But it wasn't until the heist update when they'd really rebalanced things, added more to do, um, giving you some objectives to work with, you know, populated the stuff you could buy to upgrade thing. You know, the clothing and the, and the all that stuff is stuff. coming too. By the way, like it, it wasn't worth playing to me until they'd really you know overhauled it a couple times over, um, and the heists are the, the were the best part. We 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 all leveled up just doing those over and over, trying to get like the weird achievements or getting like the harder level stuff and all that kind of thing. Didn't spend a lot of time just doing the standard 
run around, do things. We did uh, play a lot of the uh, where you could design your own mini game or design your own mode. That's what I did the most. Um, that was a there was a one we the one we played all the time. It was like, I don't remember if it had a name, but it was basically you had uh, a giant floating platform, and one team was stand stood on the uh, the floating platform and had infinite rocket launchers, and the other team was on the ground. And had infinite, like, super high-end cars. And there were these giant ramps. And the idea was the one team would get in the cars and drive out and drive up the ramps and try to do the jump off the ramp and hit the people on the floating platform and knock them off and kill them. And the, the, the people on the floating platform were trying to hit the cars with rockets before they could do that. And it was absolute chaos and it was awesome. It was the best game, one of the best game modes I've ever played in my life. It was so stupid. Yeah, one of we, my friends... We played that for probably 100 hours. Like One of my friends it. set up a mode where it was rocket launchers on ATVs. Mm-hmm. And that was it. <laughs> That's all it was. Everyone had a rocket launcher. Everyone was on an ATV. And it was insanely stupid fun. We played it over and over again. Um, and I think that's what I remember the most. Besides playing like the custom game modes, it was just setting up stunts and weird stuff and trying to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, stacking cars on top of each other to make like a ramp and then use like a big truck to ramp off. And just messing around with it seemed to be where we had the most fun. Mm-hmm. Now with Red Dead, you don't really have the same tools to kind of mix it up. You definitely not going to be able to recreate my favorite game mode no. in it. <laughs> unless there's some not. things I really don't know about the horses. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's also no rocket launchers back in... Uh, yet. <laughs> yet. Yeah, but back when this is set, there are no rocket launchers. Um, and I, I felt like the game did an okay job of carrying itself without sort of advanced weaponry. Uh, but I think when you start talking about what the hook was in GTA Online, I think Red Dead might struggle to yeah, I mean, there's, provide that. There's, there's a an element of like getting away with things you're not supposed to get away with in GTA Online that isn't doesn't feel like it would be... Like, we spent so much time... Um, we spent so much time like trying to figure out a way to cleanly get into the Air Force base and steal a jet in like a regular so like in it not in like just to do it but to do it in a way that we could do it whenever we wanted yeah so we wouldn't have to buy one online um we probably spent two days doing figuring out a good way to do that and uh i don't see you know what are you going to do in this game in that regard like try to steal a really nice horse like that's not a well, you get, you, if you watch the b-roll you do get a horse pretty much yeah. right at the beginning because the first the first well, mission you, you get you a scrawny do. nag you don't get one of yeah. the nice well the first nice mission Arabians. you do you steal a horse that's mm-hmm. like your very first mission that you complete and when you take the horse back, it appears that it looks like you can just keep the horse you stole. I'm not 100% certain, but you do get a horse right at the beginning. Um, but yeah, I, I question whether Red Dead has the tools to be as fun online as GTA was. Mm. I think it lets you maybe live out a fantasy a little more than you do in GTA, because GTA is kind of modern day and it's just kind of you and modern technology. It's certainly, I think Red Dead's a more interesting setting. Right, yeah. That's like, what I was getting at, basically. It's just, you know, and I don't, I don't know, rocket launchers, no rocket launchers isn't going to make me stay or leave. Like, it's going to be all about what they do with it, and what they got me doing, and what they have, you know, what, what the consequences will be, what the the upgrading curve is like, you know, or if they give me a reason to care, like, or if it's just going to be a giant mess of people running around being idiots. Like, you know, I don't know. Like, you, you know, how well is it going to, how well is everything going to sink? Is it going to be a thing where I'm like, oh, I shot that guy. No, you didn't. Like, 
I think you can already see is, in some of the footage of this, like, you know, the, the sink isn't even good on your own allies. There's guys like, you know, like there's a thing where a guy hits uh, some of the footage here, a uh, horse. He flies off he, the he horse. He flies off the horse, but he flies off the horse like three seconds after the horse goes down. Yeah. It's like, you know, there's, there's some, it's a beta in a, in a very true sense of the word. Yeah. So it's going to depend how it all comes together. I'm not really all that interested in playing something this early and this rough, especially if they intend to reset the characters. Um, they said they may have to. That's yeah, not the plan. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I'm just telling what they yeah, said. Yeah, I know what they said, but that just means they're preparing people for when they have to do it. Right. I mean, that's, if they, they wouldn't well, they're just say basically that. saying, well, when we do it now, you can't complain exactly. about it. Exactly. <laughs> and so, but I will, I won't complain about it, but it's still annoying. So I'm just going to, I'll just wait till you're done. Okay. Like, just <laughs> like I did with. That could be a while. If you that's think about fine. GTA Online. The heist really, for what? Like a year later? Yeah, it really didn't come into like, its own. And that was after they'd already ported it to the next gen. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm fine with that. I mean, I, look, I've played a lot of this game already. I'm, I don't, I'm not burning to play more of it, really. Do you not think that the online stuff, though, completely changes everything? No. Really? I wouldn't. Because it changes the dynamic here with other humans. They're unpredictable. They're yeah, not on scripted patterns. Yeah, I don't see that as a plus, really. Well, I mean, it just throws chaos into the mix. Yeah, and I find that mostly annoying. Oh. So. <laughs> I find that stuff fun. I like things that are unpredictable. It's fun at first, but if you try... It's, it's like the, the emergent stuff in the single-player game. It's like it's fine if you're looking at it. It's like a cool thing that happened. But when you're actually trying to do something, it's just annoying. And you have a cougar attacking yeah. you in the middle of a cinematic or whatever. Except now the cougar is, you know, ripped bong 420XXX. And, and he has a shotgun. Yeah. 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 So... <laughs> It's, I mean, I, that's I just online. I mean, yeah. you're always going to deal with that no matter the game. Well, the way I deal with that is not to play things online, so... Yeah. It's, I, it's, this isn't really all that interesting to me. I mean, it might be if I had a more regular online group that played, like I did back when the first one was, was out, but, like, this is something I, I expect I will dabble in a couple of times, just see how it is, and never think about it again. Even after you completely level-maxed the last game. Yeah, but that was because of the people I was playing with. I don't have... Those people... I don't play with, with those people anymore. No. Like, that, that, that's all gone. The world has moved on. I mean, I'll be... The world doesn't want thieves like us around anymore. <laughs> as though the world ever wants thieves. Like, I don't know. That was the... I, what? That's a good point. Like, this... Ugh. I mean, I'll be perfectly honest. I'm to the point where it doesn't really matter whether I play with people I know or not. I play online all the time. And playing with people I know, it's fun for the first, like, ten minutes. But then after a while, it's like, you might as well be playing with anybody. Because, like, you stop like communicating with each other after a while and it's like mm. i mean we used to do that at gt like we a big game would come in we'd we get copies for everybody and we'd all go home and be like okay at eight o'clock we're all getting online everyone's really excited about it everyone rushes home eats dinner gets online we're sitting there where everyone's really jacked up and excited about it the first three matches everyone's community they're over here they're they're in the kitchen or they're down in the basement or whatever and then after like the third match it's just silent Hmm. And, and so, I don't know, maybe your experience is different. Yeah, mine but, is completely but different. But that happened with me at, at G4 as well when we worked together there. It's like you play the first few matches, it's like, okay, this is better than just playing with randos. And then after like the third match, people are just dead silent and it's like it doesn't really matter unless somebody's really good or really bad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then you just don't want to play with them anymore if they're really bad. If they're really good, you follow the really good player around. Yeah, the group I used to play with, like we were, I mean, it was almost a chat room like environment like, we would be that's up, why it always we'd starts we no it was always it was like that for hours and hours we'd, we'd still be going eight hours later there were there were times we played a we played a lot of assassin's creed online because we we're trying to get achievements and stuff 
But um, like there were times like we'd be up till three, four in the morning just talking about shit. Like it was, it was great. There's the clip. Yeah, that was the, that was the clip I was talking about. <laughs> um, so yeah, my group was we were all you know we didn't know each other in real life at all, but we uh, okay. we had only met online. But we like you know we talked all the time about anything and everything. It was great. And, it's like I don't even. But all those people just got you know some of them got lives or had kids yeah. or went off and did other things and don't have the money or the time to do games anymore and like it just it all dispersed and like. That's it. That's it's that. Like, ever since I started using PlayStation 4 as my primary console instead of Xbox, it's like I don't even use a headset anymore. When I used to play on Xbox mm. 360, I used a he- headset Man, I don't even every know where time my headset I played is. online. And I don't use it anymore on PS4, and it doesn't matter because no one else uses it either. So it's, you know, even playing shooters like Battlefield or Call of Duty, I don't know. I... I don't even feel like voice chat like a lot of times people who know me through sifted or through gtm friends with them they're on my friends list i'll be playing something and they'll either sometimes they'll just pop into my game and i'll be like mm. oh like whoa you're from sifted and here you are <laughs> i didn't even know they were there they could have been there for like eight matches i did not even know they were there um and and sometimes they'll like you know sometimes they'll be chatting games they'll be able to like they'll go hey shane or mm. they'll send me a message through like the message system on uh on playstation plus but otherwise, a lot of times I don't even know that they're there. And I just, I've changed a lot as far as my online gaming. Over, probably that's the most drastic change for me in online gaming for the last five years was moving over to the PlayStation ecosystem where nobody uses headsets. Mm-hmm. And so after a while, I didn't use a headset either. And I was just like, why? I'm just like whistling in the wind. Nobody cares. So to me, that part of it isn't as a big a deal as it is to you because I tend to play online games by myself all the time. I guess I've just got used to it or whatever. Or I'm just, just okay just playing with randos. Like, without the uh, social element, there's nothing on, about online that interests me, really. It's just... Especially with the way things have changed in, in the kind of the, the way that Call of Duty sort of changed things where everything became like a giant experience point treadmill, which is meant to engage you and keep you attached to the thing, and it seems to work. But to me, it just makes me not care. It does, it like, and I, enjoy, I enjoyed it early on when like Modern Warfare first did and stuff, but when I joined in like a, like a Battlefield game or like a you know, Battlefront or like anything like that, the main thing is like, well, like I don't really care if I'm better than any of these people. And in the end, it's like, well, it's more just sort of frustrating to see all these people that have all this leveled up gear and all this leveled up stuff that I know I'm never going to play the game long enough to get. So in the end, I just sort of play like three matches and stop. Yeah. And like, it's it's just, I, I don't want to dedicate that much of my life to grinding on an online game that I don't even care about who wins or loses in the first place. So what am I even doing? Uh, that's, that's really the core of it, is either you're competitive or you're not. Either you care about getting better at something or you don't. I do about some things, but not about video games like that. I mean, I care about fighting games like that. Yeah. But that's it's just a different thing. Like I don't care who can, I don't care who can exploit the aim the aim assist better. You know, in the, I mean, PC games I'm a little more interested in because there's not so much of that. But then PC games I've run into a lot of cheating, so it's just sort of it's all that's also discouraging. Yeah. Um, in the end, like games have you know, especially since the dis- dissolution of my online gaming group, it's just sort of games have become more about sort of like. A single-player escape thing than anything about you know. I don't, you know I'll play anybody in a fighting game. I like game. both. Don't get me wrong. I'll play like, anybody I enjoy in a fighting game. with a single-player game uh, as well as but like, playing online. This is just like, am I ever going to play this long enough to get anything of note or level up to anything of interest? And like by then, then what? There's just one more character fight. Like I just that's see, funny I just because I'm that, completely opposite with I that. Just like, see this I don't care so about much. any of that stuff. I don't care about like leveling up and getting stuff. Like even with Black Ops Four. I had the gun that I wanted within two hours, and it was kitted out full. And I have not unlocked 
anything else. Because all I care about is how good I am, how competitive I am, and if I can get better playing the game. Uh, it's interesting, though, how there's like that dichotomy of perspectives mm-hmm. on playing well, see, online. It's like I don't care. That's one of the reasons I care about fighting games stuff like that, but I don't care about something like this or like Call of Duty. It's like when I beat someone in a fighting game, I know why I beat them and I know how I beat them. And if I win like a shootout or whatever in this or in, in, uh, like GT- in uh, Call of Duty or whatever... I'm always wondering, like, well, did I win that because I was better, or did I win it because his system was he has a slower connection, or did I win it because it looked I mean, different? Fighting in this games game? are the same way. Not when you're playing them together in this I mean, shoulder fight, to shoulder. Fighting games even more so. It's like Not at all. you're talking about some. You were just talking last week about how, like, you ha- on a TV you couldn't pull off a move because it was two frames off. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking about playing fighting games with another person sitting at the same. Oh, monitor. we're talking about playing online though. That's what the conversation's well, on, about. Well, not even like co- people playing online with fighting games. I mean, it's called playing underwater. In the in the fighting game community, yeah. because it's always different. Basically, the assumption is you can't train to play in like a tournament effectively if you're playing online. That's for, that's accurate. Like, because it's just too different. Um, so yeah, with yeah. fighting games, I'm competitive in the sense of like being in the same room with somebody. Yeah, you know, exactly. like the arcade situation because I can adjust to online you know lag, but it's not the same. It's 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 too it's weird. Not. And you're um, right. I mean, you're right. Any game you play online, there's a certain scapegoat that you have yeah. it's like when i play black ops 4 because black i will say this black ops 4 has turned into my like dead time game so i have it set up next to my workstation in my office and if i have a spare 10 minutes while i'm waiting for something to render or whatever i'll just play a match mm-hmm. and i'm getting pretty freaking good at black ops 4 by the way my kd is up to like 1.6 something and I've never seen that happen. I've never been this are good at playing, a Call of Duty. Are you playing on the lagless monitor in the yep. back room? Yep, yeah. I'm playing. I bet that's part And of it. it's not going through any capture equipment. It's literally going out of my PS4, straight into an IPS monitor that only has three milliseconds mm-hmm. of lag. And yeah, it's I mean, plugged that... straight in off of my router. And it is insane how much of a difference that makes. Yeah, it does. The, like, the input... Nobody wants to admit it who's good at these games. I'm good at Black Ops 4, and I fully admit it's because I have set up a system where it has as little lag, as little latency as possible. Yeah, input lag is of no... I mean, input lag uh, on my OLED is, I think it's 23. Yeah. And even going to the garage and back for the, for the sound system, it's still around 23. Whereas on, the, on my plasma, the uh, input lag is like 110. Yeah, I've been playing on a plasma for like five years. I finally set this up, and I'm like, so wait a minute. Is it just that I've had this crappy setup on my plasma all this time? Because now I have this Very like possible. hardwired, like no lag setup, and I'm like dominating. Like I literally finish most matches with like 32 kills and like eight deaths. Yeah. I've well, I mean, I ran into that games. a little bit when I played because uh, you know I switched to the new TV when I moved a year ago. Yeah. And I'll tell you, when I loaded up Battlefront 2, I was a lot better at that game all of a sudden than I was yeah. on my old plasma. It's, like it matters. It, it makes a big matters. difference. It makes. But a that's big also difference. kind of the thing where, I, where I'm like, I can't tell so I if I'm good right. or not good. So I yeah. understand why you're saying like, yeah. is that like a scapegoat? Yeah. You're saying like it, you don't feel good about yourself right. because you don't know if it's you. Right. And it's like and like I I can actually kind of pinpoint the moment where I think because there was at one point there was only me and one other guy left from the group that used to play online all the time. And we we teamed up to play Battlefront One, the first the first EA Battlefront in 2015, because yeah. it was a, only two man squads anyway, so why not? Yeah. And I remember the moment we sort of both got over it was it was a I think I told the story on on the show when we were talking about the first Battlefront, but um, it was we're on Hoth and a player was a player on the other team was Darth Vader, 
and came up with, and like came at us and we realized like all of a sudden oh here comes Darth you know Darth yeah. Vader it's a black guy in a cloak is yeah. walking across the snow towards us and we just start shooting and shooting and shooting and we don't kill him by the time he gets to us and he picks me up choke, force choking me and my friend is still shooting and shooting and shooting <laughs> and then suddenly I get I get released and Darth Vader like spins around and dies and my friend's like oh bullshit and I'm like what what happened he's like I'm gonna send you a clip right and so he sent me a clip and on his screen. Because I'm like cho- I'm just like choked and yeah, I can't yeah. see anything on my screen, right? Yeah. On his screen, you see Darth Vader come over and like teleport me to his hand after like ten feet out, and my friend's still shooting and shooting and shooting, and then suddenly he lets go. Darth Vader lets go of me, and then Darth Vader falls over, and it says that I killed Darth Vader. Wow. Even though I mean I was yeah. being choked and my friends like shooting and like all this crazy stuff, and then like I like flickered like three different places and then like was normal again. Yeah. And he's like. Fuck this! Like, yeah. And, and it's just like, yeah, this is. It's like you kids. That should have been a like an awesome moment. It like should. he saved me from Darth Vader. Like, it still kind of was though, right? But it was stupid. Like it was. It's it just was like the, it's just yeah. that thing where it's like, man, like you can't trust anything. Like, it's, you know, and, and that was also the same thing in that game. I don't know. Battlefront Two is better about it, but Battlefront One, I remember constantly watching repl- you know kill replays, where it's like that is not what happened. That on, happens on my in screen. every online. Shooter. And it's just that yeah. kind of thing makes me feel like the you know the playing field isn't level. I don't feel it's good not. about it when I when I do get, do well. I don't always know it's my fault when I'm doing poorly, and I, in the end, I just don't need the aggravation. Yeah. So I will I will dabble with this. I'll, I'm interested to see what they do with it because they usually do. You know, the heist mode was great, but one of the reasons I like the heist mode so much is it wasn't against other people. Yeah. I think they could do great things with Red Dead Online if they put an emphasis on kind of what I said, like a bigger struggle. Yeah. So even if it's just you and your posse, just you and three people that you like to play with, if your posse can build a reputation throughout the wilderness and people are like, like when they hear all the sifted posses rolling up and people are they're scared or whatever. Like if you can create that kind of a dynamic inside an online environment, I think it could succeed. I just, it doesn't, first of all, there's no signs pointing towards that. Mm. This is all me just saying I would like it to happen. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's fair though because like, we didn't also didn't know that crazy last update for GTA Online was coming. Right. You know that one with no, the mountain right. and the jetpacks and yeah, the, like, yeah. all that uh, flying cars and shit. Yeah. Like that was that was out of nowhere. Like yeah. you, you know, and I like that because it proved that Rockstar uh, is willing to just go completely crazy. Yeah, I guess us. maybe I should have phrased it better. Is like something like that is probably not coming in the short term. No. A I year mean, from now, two years from now, maybe it's a part of it. But but I, I think you can count on this being a, a living thing. Oh, for Four or five years. Uh, certainly filling the time between now and GTA 6, which I think is a long, long, long way out. Well, I mean, there's a reason that Sam, he just got his PS4. Mm-hmm. He's been playing GTA for how long, Sam? Since it came out. Since it came out. Yeah. He's been playing it all along. He gets a PS4. What's the first thing that pings in his mind that he wants to buy? Grand Theft Auto. GTA 4? Yeah. <laughs> GTA 5? Yeah, I mean, it's the first thing that he's mm. like, yeah, I mean, this is what I play. This is what I like to do. And Ooh, it looks so nice now. Exactly. Yeah, yeah so... I, I played GTA 5 twice on 360 and on PS4. I only played it once. I played it on uh, its original. On, I think that's enough. I feel I like I, I played it on ever, Xbox 360. I feel yeah. like I probably won't ever play it again. Yeah. But like... Most that of, is most hands of my, down my most watched or read review I ever did in my career. Most of my online play was on the PS4 version, though. I didn't play hardly anything online on 360. Well, that's because they didn't add, it wasn't that great. All that yeah, stuff. It was still, yeah. still kind of janky. So I, I think one thing we can say now without even playing it is that 
if you didn't think you got your money's worth out of Red Dead 2, which I don't know how you could ever say that because the game's a beast, but man, this is just piling it on. So if maybe there are maybe some people out there that are still sitting on the fence and haven't bought it yet. Black Ops did outsell it. Granted, it only well, had you, like you, you a missed, week for sale. And but. you missed a sale this past few days. Yeah, yeah. So it was discounted. Yeah, I was just at Best Buy yesterday. And uh, I was talking to the guy there, and he said that the bundle that they have for Red Dead 2, he said he's, they've never sold that many PS4 Pros. Yeah. He said, we had PS4 Pros that had literally sat in here so long that we had to, they made a new model of it, and they came in and took the old ones out and put <laughs> the new ones in, and they sat there. And he said, as soon as they got the bundles for Red Dead, he's like, we discounted the base bundle to like 300 bucks. They sold, and he's like, these Red Dead PS4 Pro bundles are just flying mm. out. He's like, we've got hundreds of them, and there was three left when I was there yesterday. So, yeah. I think Sony sold a lot of PS4s this past week. Absolutely. It also, by the way, sold a ton of PS4s in October. Yeah. October. You know, do you realize that this past October last month was the best October ever for PS4? Mm -hmm. And the second best PlayStation month for October ever. Yep. There was you, one October for the PlayStation 2 that had a better month than last October for yeah, PS4. Do you remember it was like last October, the October before, where like the, that October was down year over year by whatever, and you that one of the topics on the show was like, are we in trouble? Is that, and I was like, no, everything will be fine. It's just not that great this year. It's like, you know, Switch owners know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> no, it, Stirring it, the it beehive. Go, it goes in, goes in waves. You can't have a Red Dead 2 every year. You can't have a Super Mario Odyssey every year. Yeah. You know? Although you can have a Pokemon Go every year, and that's selling better than the other two because there's more Switches out there now. Yeah, yeah. The, the industry's fine. Like, it's doing great. Oh, no, it's doing great. Like, it's, if you looked at the October MPDs, it's just, like, peripherals are up 50%. Mm-hmm. Hardware's up 70% year over year. Like, it is destroy. We're destroying last year, this year. Uh, which makes me wonder if Sony might be considering, like, hey, maybe we need to put that PS5 on hold for a little bit. Yeah, I would argue you don't really need that yet. I, I mean, I've said that uh, in my, some of my friends have come over and looked at, you know, seen, like, somebody said that when they were looking at Red Dead Redemption 1 on my Xbox One X. It's like, we don't need new hardware. Yeah. Look at that. That's a last-gen game on modern hardware. It looks like that. Like, you don't... You don't need to go, you know, push that envelope that hard. You don't need to try to get people to spend on ray tracing, five hundred, six hundred dollars yeah. that fast, like, or just like that's all. You know, the ray tracing is a good point. Let it sit for a few more years, and you can put ray tracing in these th- in these new consoles. Yeah, I asked for a PS4 Pro again for Christmas. <laughs> I'll never get it. Like, I never get like. I should probably follow the tactic of just ask for one thing, mm-hmm. but I try to do that. That way, I just get that one thing that I want. But then they're all. You know, I have relatives who can only afford like five dollars i mean just give the five dollars to my mom let her collect all the money everything exactly if you don't get there just give me the money never works (laughs) out yeah so i think mine is uh i want that lego voltron oh that's my uh is that your big ass probably my one thing yeah it's not a lot i need but uh it's funny once you once you get a house you're sort of like oh i'm good yeah well you are good i don't (laughs) don't need anything it's like well, well, look, this conversation kind of spun into a general conversation about online gaming, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but we should probably move on to the next topic. And we'll, now I will play this over the next couple of days. Yeah, we'll, once we actually play it, there'll probably be more to yeah, say. Yeah, we'll undoubtedly okay. talk about it again on Game Face. But let's move along. We're going to talk next about can you, Rockstar can you, can again. Can uh, do you know, or is it only uh, a male character? You create male or female characters? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. You're like a, like a... I'm assuming you can Annie create Oakley a female running character. around sort of thing? You, you have to be able to. 
Maybe. Didn't seem like it, though, in the footage. Didn't look like it. No. Yeah, it really didn't look like it. I don't know. Still lots of questions to be answered. I mean, it literally just went live this morning. So uh, once we get a chance to play it, we'll come back and talk about it again. Next topic, we're going to stay right on Rockstar, though, because... Uh, the photo of that copyright strike, boys. Yeah. <laughs> I think, exactly. I, uh, it'll make it easier for me to cover up everything so I yeah. can put it up on YouTube without getting like copyright banned by Rockstar. We didn't say Rockstar. anything bad no. this time. I don't know if it matters. <laughs> we may be flagged now, man. Yeah, I don't know. We might we be, told the truth might about be an one enemy of, of the state. We can't tell the truth about one of Rockstar's games. Um, we're going to stay on Rockstar, and I think something that's going to make Pactor very sad was, was revealed yesterday, and that is that Rockstar has not renewed the trademark for Agent. Mm-hmm. Well, on, on behalf of all the more uh acuitive people on uh, duh like <laughs> come on i don't know i mean rockstar I can't believe does have anybody... a way of like putting stuff on a back burner sort and of, but agent was come on we, yeah, we well the other problem too we didn't even is know that... anything about that i remember going i went to an agent party in 2007 yeah i remember i was a it was like a girls in gaming thing it was sponsored by agent and that's the only time i remember seeing any kind of anything for agent in terms of signage or physical think about it objects. Matt. it is an entire thing built on nothing but a logo yep and the reputation of the company that said it was making it and it was a sony that's exclusive right? it was originally that? announced originally? as at least a time maybe exclusive. they're just jumping straight to agent two <laughs> I don't know. Here's Reagent. Why, here's why it has gone on so long. It's because the CEO, is his name Strauss, I think is his last name? I don't remember. Anyway, the CEO of Take-Two has perpetuated it for years. <laughs> when people ask him about it, he's like, still there, nothing to talk about right now, still a thing. And he has never said otherwise until all of a sudden the trademark was released. Mm. Um Somebody who's smart might want to go snag that trademark right now. Maybe they change the name. It's possible. They could have completely changed the game and changed the name of the game. Who knows? But think about all the cachet that that Rockstar's heft put into that. Mm-hmm. That now some other publisher developer can just come by. Sort of. I don't. And scoop I, it up. I don't know if that matters that much. Like the, the people that make Rockstar games, these games, hugely huge hits. Yeah. They don't know that Agent was a thing. Like, you don't think they know it even existed? I think they the did. The millions of people that bought Red Dead Redemption 2? They, no, they have no idea that Agent existed. I think Rockstar fans absolutely know, though. Yeah, that. but I'm ta- you're ta- now you're talking about like core gamers, like people like us. We know about Agent. Most of us know about Agent. But like in terms of like the millions on millions of people that make these games massive massive phenomena, they don't know that Agent was ever a thing. That, that, never, that, that information never got out of the, the hardcore circles. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, unless they watched Sony's press conference way back. But since then, they've obviously forgotten. I, mean, I don't even remember seeing that. What press conference was that? 2000... That would have been 2007, I Seven. think. Yeah, I think it was. 2007 was the year they actually talked about it openly in any kind of way. Yeah. Because that was the year I went to that... I think that was at PAX, actually, the, the party I went to. I only vaguely remember that, but I just remember how weird it was that, like, it was a party sponsored by a game that we didn't know anything about except the title. Yeah. Like, it was just Well, I mean, weird. that's what happened, though. I mean, he went on stage, and there was the logo behind him. Yeah. And he said, Rockstar's working on this agent-y game, and it's going to be exclusive to PlayStation, and wait for it. And wait, and we wait, did. Yeah, we sure did. <laughs> Matt, can you think of another example of this, of what happened with Agent, where there was a game announced... People were strung along for 10 years now, and then it didn't come out. Because you think about Duke Nukem Forever, that eventually, in a roundabout way, in came out. In some form, came out. I don't know. I can't think of any. Final Fantasy 13 Versus, in a sense. Yeah. 
I mean, I mean, 15 is really just a new project that reused a bunch of assets. Yeah. Um, uh, I think only Rockstar could have done it. Because all, only a Rockstar game would people have cared a, enough about for this long to keep it in the conversation. Nintendo. People would have cared yeah. about the Nintendo game that long. Yeah, people still talk about think... like Dead Phoenix and stuff from yeah, but I don't think Nintendo's Capcom done. 5. Nintendo hasn't done that, though. No. Although Pikmin 4 is getting there. Yes, it's kind of right on the fringe. It really is getting there. Where the hell is that game? I don't know. It's funny. I forgot about it, it this again. Year. It, they could have used it this year. Like, big time they could have used it. I mean, it doesn't sell huge. But it sells. It sells. It'll sell a million or two. And, like, that would have kept Switch yeah. owners happy for another couple Probably, months. You know, add a little, like, gyro motion right. thing for yeah. the selecting stuff. And, like, you're golden. You're golden. Yeah. So this is an anomaly, and I don't know if we'll ever see anything like this again because everything is so calculated. Well, I mean, we'll, see, like if you, we'll see if Star Citizen comes out. Yeah, there's, uh, you're right, you're right. <laughs> like, but if you like uh, the episode of Pactor Factor that just went up yesterday, kind of alludes to this topic though. Mm-hmm. It talks about like with the big bets on big budget games, what are the repercussions of that in the long term? And while he doesn't relate that to Agent. It's a clear exa- this is a clear example of how just having that 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 name out there, that conversation attached to a big developer can make mm-hmm. maintain it in the gaming lexicon. Um, and I don't think many publishers or developers could do yeah, that. Majora Tom is a good one. Half Life Two Episode Three. Ah, uh, yeah. But I'm never seeing that until the cliffhanger game, until the Game Awards on December eighth. Uh, sure. The VR version of it. That's what everybody thinks. Yeah, we're, I said that like two years ago. I'm like, yeah. you want to make VR sell? Make the next Half-Life exclusive to VR. Yeah, I, that seems to be the prevailing. And you very rightly said they would never do that. Yeah. And I'm like... Here it comes. You throw, you throw millions of dollars at VR headset man, uh, research and development and see what you won't do. Yeah, we'll talk about Valve in a minute, <laughs> actually. We have a topic about Valve on today's episode as well. But, uh, but I, I just don't see it ever happening again because everything is so planned out. You can't spend like $100 million on a game anymore and have it not come out. It just yeah. doesn't. Well, I mean, Rockstar probably could. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, I think a lot of stuff changed over there after GTA Online struck gold. Yeah. Like, you people, you know, you've changed seen, everything. You even see people online was like, yeah, Rockstar used to put out like six games a generation. Now they put out. One. Two. <laughs> like one. Like, like one and a half. Yeah. Like GTA five port. One will straddle both. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much how it works. And like, you know, the, you know, the, the rumors are that the next one is Bully, too. Um, which means GTA six is a long way out. GTA, GTA six might be seven, eight years old. I may never play it before yeah. I die. You might, you might be, you're, you're, I, I think you will be in your 50s. Yeah, absolutely. When you yeah. play GTA six. Yep, that's crazy to think about. Um, but yeah, I just don't think you're going to have a developer with the, the, the cachet to make this happen again. I don't think a publisher or a developer is going to be willing to sink that much money into something for it to never come to fruition. Well, and most I think other games pl- are just so well planned anymore. Yeah, well, also most other companies like would need more than just a title to get people excited. Right. Like very few. That's what I'm saying. Like I only mean, Rockstar has the cachet yeah, to I, show a logo... Like even, like even then, like Nintendo can kind of do, like kind of did that with Metroid, Metroid Prime, Prime 4, 4 yeah. but it's Metroid Prime. Yeah. Agent's like nothing. Agent is a totally new IP no, that has no nothing, but all of a sudden he's like, oh, like, like give, well, give it to me. It. Yeah, 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 I mean, so. people bought a ping pong game because Rockstar made it. <laughs> Think about it. Yeah, true. 
Isn't it crazy that Rockstar yeah. made a ping pong game? Oh yeah, like no one. Knows. <laughs> it was a test bed for something. And yeah. I remember whenever they uh, showed up at GT to like show it to us, and you could just tell that they were like, "Okay, are these people gonna say this is awesome just because we made it?" Like it was this very weird where mm-hmm. we're playing it. We're like, "Yeah, it's a ping pong video game, but." It's really no better or worse than any other ping pong or tennis video game. And you can just see that was their fear. They're like, we've made a ping pong game. It has to be the best freaking ping pong game that has ever existed. And I remember before our review came out, they they called me and they're like, so how are you feeling about Rockstar Table Tennis? And I'm like, uh... I I feel nothing, Thanks for sending us the code. Cool. You do realize it's a ping pong game, right? Like, you think that disrupted our day? Right. Like, we, have, like, like we literally have thought, We can't get the interns to stop playing ping pong. It's amazing. I like, mean, like, exactly. No. They badgered us so much that we started to wonder if there was something, like, hidden in the game. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. Like, yeah. We had an editorial meeting one week, and I was like, man, Rockstar called me again about it, like, table tennis. And I'm like, how's the review going? And they're like, do you, why are they bothering us about this game? And they're like, do you think that there's something in there that nobody's found? Or, like, I'm like, I don't know. You're seeing how far they can push it. It's just Rockstar. Yeah. It's just Rockstar being Rockstar. So, but again, that's their aesthetic. That's their attitude. It's one of many reasons why they're at the top of the heap. It's one of many reasons why they can make a video game about cowboys and make it the second best-selling game of the year in five days. Yeah. Uh, some, uh, you know, a, a setting that basically no one touches. Yeah. Like, the only other probably more taboo action setting is a pirate setting yeah pirates of the caribbean is the is the anomaly for you know cutthroat island basically ended pirate movies until pirates of the caribbean came along and no one makes other pirate movies you'll notice because it's just considered it's considered a genre that people just won't touch um we got another one of those this week you know you get sea of thieves and sea of thieves still going it is still going still going yeah another update coming do you know the best-selling fog yeah, exactly. Important for water. For <laughs> it is important, yeah. yeah. I didn't even realize that it wasn't already there. No, I didn't think of that. Well, because it's so pretty that yeah. you don't think about it. But it's like, oh, yeah, fog yeah, is a thing. You need po- yeah, that. you need that. <laughs> Especially if there's skeletons running around. I mean, God, skeletons with no fog? What are you doing? Yeah. But uh, again, I just think that this is something that only Rockstar could have pulled off. Yeah. I don't think Rockstar is ever going to do something like this again. Right. And, and I don't, so I don't I'll, think we'll ever see another agent. It's, it's also telling that, like, there aren't all, you know, there aren't a whole bunch of like Western games in development as like a me too. You know, no, everyone knows like it's Rockstar. Just like, let them do it. it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> especially Activision. Activision's like we tried it with that gun thing and it just didn't work. Exactly. You know? like, yeah. You know the bet the top two selling games of the year are Black Ops Four and Red Dead already, yeah. and like two weeks for Black Ops and one week for Red Dead, they outsold every game mm-hmm. of all year. Number three is Far Cry. That was surprising to me. Hmm. Far Cry is very popular. It, it is absolutely popular. That's the other because yeah. uh, that's also the kind of the Ghost Recon Wildlands phenomenon Again? where it's like yeah. I don't know anyone who was talking about that game, but it was the top seller the first half of that year. You're already starting and to like, see it with Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Yeah. It had actually it appears that it had a better second month than yeah. first month. And people, you know, you can people talk about like Ubisoft, Ubisoft, you know, like the Jim Sterling thing about Ubisoft. Ubisoft, you know, like, you know, the whole thing was like, oh, they're barely hanging on. Or like, no, they are doing really oh, yeah. freaking <laughs> well. Like they are. Yeah. 
People they are, like, oh, are raking what, in fucking money. What'll happen to you, Starlink? Nothing. Nothing at all. Nothing. Also, I I did some some digging on the Starlink. I commented on this on the on Sifted a little bit, but I did some digging on the Starlink thing, and because I was worried about it, I was yeah. like, I was like, it doesn't it doesn't look like it did too well. So it turns out the conventional wisdom on those Toys to Life things is that you you can't sell them without a gift holiday. So the idea here is so they so the idea is, and this is a big thing in toy. Uh, selling it's not as much because because video games we think of as very front loaded you know yep. very if it doesn't didn't burn, burn up the, the charts gate. that first yeah. opening weekend you know it's like movies it's like yeah. you know you got to front load every everything and everything else is kind of gravy yeah with toys to life stuff and toys in general apparently the the strategy is you want to release it in time to have it in stores and ready for basically this past week black friday for for, for the the shopping season for christmas the idea is you get some of these things in homes for christmas Kids play with them. Their friends come over and play with the stuff, and they're like, "Oh, I want that." And then you sell the sell you sell the bulk of your stuff in the January to April. All window. those gift cards, right? Yeah. Um, you sell the bulk of the stuff of that early early first half of the year. So the idea is that like Ubisoft probably is looking for sales to pick up in January and going in the early year because that's just that. how these toys to life yeah. things work. Because that's how toys work. Well, at Best Buy, they had. Rose so they're ready. Yeah. Rows of Starlink stuff. So uh, all just sitting there. Well, that's the, apparently the plan. Like, like the I, this guy doesn't isn't involved with Ubisoft, but he he does know toys. Yeah. And he basically said like he's like you know if they're getting the analysis from toy people and they should be because of how the they're nature toys, of Starlink, yeah. uh, they are not worried. Yeah, they'll be worried if February rolls around and they haven't moved any more of them than they did in the past. Well, then few the months. retailers are really worried. But like, well, yeah, they give up all that. Well, shelf that's space the big. And... Yeah, that's the big risk. Is like, and that's even probably you know, like that was the question that like people were kind of asking. It was like, how did Ubisoft convince retailers to give up that space to that kind of thing after they got burned so hard on Skylanders and all of it and Infinity Lego, yeah. It, uh, it it's an interesting. I wonder. I do. I would love to know how what Ubisoft said or what they did or what deal they signed that convinced somebody. Because man, I went to Target. Maybe the they day. give them a cut, like two dollars off every copy Maybe. of Assassin's Creed. I Odyssey, went to Target the like... day Starlink came out. They weren't out. Yeah. They weren't there. Like there was nothing. I had to ask for behind the counter to get because I wanted the the exclusive one that uh -huh. only was at Target. Yeah. But I had to ask someone. Interesting. Uh, and they brought it out from back. And I, it wasn't until like a week later that I went, was there for something else. I'm like, oh, the Starlink, there's this tiny little end cap that it's yeah. Starlink. Um, Best Buy seems to have gone in harder. Yeah, it's um, full of it. They're in part because there's nothing, you know, there's nothing else there. I mean, it's amazing to me. You go there and even look in the Nintendo aisle, there's no Amiibos except maybe like a couple stray wedding Marios. They're also very paranoid about shoplifting. They have a lot of stuff behind the counter. True. Like you take up basically a placeholder. It's kind of like the old Toys R Us model. Yeah, they do that. You take the ticket yeah. to the counter and then they pull like... I'd the... like to see someone try to shoplift those ships though. Those, yeah. are, those are bulky. <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, yeah, so, but apparently Starlink ain't dead yet necessarily. I mean, right. it, it, did, it, did do, it did do a lot better on the Switch though. Yeah. Which makes sense. No surprise. Yep. Just, give right. those, just give those guys Star Fox from now on. Seriously, let them that. make Star yeah. Fox. That'd be great. Yeah, I'm totally down with that. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about Darksiders Three, mm -hmm. a game that two years ago I never would have guessed we'd be talking about. Yeah, it revived did seem, from the ash pile. It did seem like it must be a dead series because yeah. the developer was gone and THQ collapsed. So yeah. <laughs> usually that's the end. It, it basically was just pulled off of the ash heap mm -hmm. when THQ Nordic was formed. Yep, and uh, THQ Nordic put. 
nice chunk of money into this game. I still don't know where all that money's come from, but uh, they their financials are super high. Like they're doing great, and I don't, I don't know, know why. How. I don't get it. And that rhymed. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> so they're I have not fine. been playing this, but Matt, you have been playing it. Reviews came out yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, it's available today, I believe. Available yesterday. Yesterday. Oh, sun. You said actually they released it, went, it on like yeah, Sunday. Yeah, mine went or live something. 9 p.m. Sunday night. Yeah. I don't, I don't, okay. Sure. <laughs> um. I'm about so the first two games are good. Like the yeah. first one, when it came out, I thought was really good. First one I didn't like very much when it came out. Uh, it's just a, it was a Zelda clone, essentially. Very much a Zelda. That's one of the reasons I didn't like it is I felt it was very derivative of the Ocarina formula of Zelda. Yeah. Um, in fact, I think we we gave it a two out of five uh, on the show. That's definitely um, low. For it was most low, people. but I I and I but my opinion of it has softened over the years in part because Nintendo stopped making those kinds of Zeldas right and so I'm like now it's sort of like now nice nostalgic to yeah also, and also I did always think that it was you know Vigil was a brand new company and they made that it was like you made a full full size full fledged Zelda ripoff but it, I mean ripoff in the sense that you did everything Zelda did it all worked fine it ever all worked no one properly. else was doing it no no it, it, they very few others have ever pulled off the Zelda clone idea as well as that. I mean, Sega did back in the day. Crusa- yeah. Crusader of Senti, go play it. If you haven't played Crusader of Senti, you're missing out. Um, but So over the years, I've played Darksiders 1, I think, three times. And I've, it's kind of become a comfort food game, oddly enough. Um, also, I do like Joe Matarera's art style. I don't think it translates very well to 3D. Um, it's still, the game looks unique. It, it, ha- it still it, looks it like itself. It has its own style. And, and also remember, you know, um, so Gunfire Games, which made Darksiders 3, Dark, Gunfire Games is most of the original Vigil Games team. Because they went to go went to Cry, Crytek, and then a whole bunch of weird stuff happened that I don't remember the specifics of, and one of the leader leaders of the Vigil people formed a new company called Gunfire Games and brought over a bunch of the Vigil guys and a bunch of the Crytek guys that didn't want to work for Crytek anymore. And so this game was made by a lot of the people who made the other two. So it does feel authentic. It looks and feels like, like Darksiders. I, don't, I feel like it's very consistent in terms of his portrayal of the universe and sort of that what if we made a cosmo- you know, a religious cosmology uh, using entirely like ideas and concepts from Image Comics in 1995 kind of thing. Because <laughs> um, that is what this is. This is like... You know, a comic, a, a, a comic book that didn't play by the Comics Code Authority rules of circa 1995 that wasn't Spawn but had read a lot of Spawn. And, um, which is, you're either going to love that or you're going to hate it. It's like, no, two ways. Either you think this is the worst, the, 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 you think this is emblematic of the thing that destroyed comic books in the 90s or you think this is a nice throwback to <laughs> something you remembered when you were a kid. And were, I think a lot of it depends on your age. You were, too much, you were too young to understand that what you were reading was stupid. Right. And this is stupid, but it's fun. Um, oh, by the way, this is the opening of the game, so we're not going to yeah. spoil anything for you guys. We're not going deep into the game. Literally, there, all the B-roll we have is from the. First there also hour. isn't really much to spoil. Um, <laughs> this because so, talk this, about it. It's, just, it's a prequel, right? Sort of. It's a. It's a. It's like Darksiders Two. It takes place during Darksiders One. So Darksiders One, the very beginning. Armageddon occur, or the apocalypse occurs. Angels and demons are fighting in the, the streets of the city. It's Armageddon, like, yeah, yeah, it's it's the it's the end of the world, literally the end of the world, and war. There's war right there. War shows easy who you play as in the first game. He shows up, uh, the the horse, one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, uh, and starts fighting, killing things. And then it turns out that the seventh seal wasn't broken. 
and so war had arrived ahead of time and broken the rules of the universe or whatever, so he gets imprisoned here by the Charred Council, which are these giant stone skull faces that sound like Dr. Claw from Inspector Gadget. And, <laughs> and he gets blamed for all this, but the implication of the course of Darksiders 1 is that he was framed, is that war was framed. Yep. Now, he's, he's in prison like that because in Darksiders 1, he gets you know, taken off Earth by the Charred Council and blamed for this, and then gets sent back to uh, deal, with, deal with the aftermath, but he gets sent back a hundred years later. So Darksiders 2 and Darksiders 3 take place during that hundred-year break where war is imprisoned by the Charred Council. Um, Darksiders 2 seems to take place later than this, because Darksiders 3, you run into some actual human beings. In Darksiders 1, all the humanity is extinct by right. the time war gets back to Earth. And I don't think you saw... They seem to be on their last legs when you get back to Earth in Darksiders 2. This seems to be a little earlier into the 100 years, because there's still like a like a underground resistance of humans fighting the demons and, and the angels, because the angels aren't any nicer. Um... Which is interesting. Also gives, finally you get to see that, like, yes, the, the horsemen are bigger than humans. They're substantially larger than humans. <laughs> um, she's, Fury's about seven feet tall, it looks like, uh, standing next to a person. Um, but what Fury's doing, Fury is, uh, she's one of the horsemen, and they call her a horseman for some reason. She's not a man, but she is a horseman. I don't know. Is, um, I mean, yeah, I guess... They call her horsemen. I mean, they're hor she, she's... Uh, the, the story goes that... Um, uh, the I mean, do they really have genders? I mean, they have things that they look like, but they, are they really yeah. genders? Well, I mean, I don't know. It depends what they look like, I guess, if she wants to be... Uh, I mean, I'm asking. Like, I don't know the Bible well enough to know... Oh, this if, has nothing but, to do with the Bible. Well... Zero to do with the The Four Bible. Horsemen of the Apocalypse comes from the Bible. Not this. None of this does. Well, of course not. I mean, but Fury, that's what Fury, they're basing it on. They're basing it on biblical prophecy. Very loose. I mean, in a lo so loose it's going to fall off any moment. I mean, <laughs> Fury is not a, a horseman in the Bible. The, the four horsemen are in the Bible are war, death. Uh, was it war, death, Laugh. famine, and, war, death, famine, and conquest? Uh, and conquest is usually traded out for pestilence in the popular right. culture. Yeah. Uh, but in the in Darksiders, it's war, death, fury, and strife. Um, Strife is the only one that doesn't have a game. Not biblically yet. accurate. No, not at all. <laughs> this is image comics accurate, but it's not biblically, ac yeah. biblically accurate. Um, and the, and the, the story in the games is that the four horsemen are Nephilim, which are the offspring of uh, angels and demons. And the Nephilim are these, were these super-powered monster things that basically were running rampant and rampaging across reality. And eventually four of the Nephilim realized that it was just, it was not working, and basically it was just, everything was going to die, and so four Nephilim made a deal with the Charred Council to stop their own kin, and those four Nephilim became the horsemen and were empowered by the Charred Council with super crazy powers, and they basically wiped out all the other Nephilim. That, that's dealt with in Darksiders 2, is that death is, is basically considered a war criminal by a lot of the rest of the universe, because he betrayed his own kind. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so Fury is sort of the... Uh, you can tell from her name. Fury is the, the hot-tempered one. Um, she has very little patience for the others. Uh, she wants to run the horse. She wants to be the leader of the horsemen. So the Charred Council, need, apparently, in, the, in the process of what, what happened with war, the seven deadly sins got out. And you're actually seeing Envy right there. That's the first seven deadly sin you run into. Um, so the seven deadly sins are running around on Earth, and they need someone to go round them up and put them back in their box. And so they have Fury do that in exchange for, if Fury does it, she will be able to be named uh, leader of the Four Horsemen. 
That and character can, reminds me of like Jim Henson, Dark Crystal. Yeah, it does look like a, a Skeksis. Yeah. Also sounds like Hagar from uh, Voltron. Oh. Uh, the, the witch from Voltron. Um, so the so the 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 impetus of the of the story is uh, Fury has to track down and, and kill. I mean, you you beat them and then you suck them in a little gem thing, and you have to beat the seven deadly sins. Um, it is more of a return to the first game because the first game was Zelda. The second game was a giant open world sprawling mess that also had a Diablo loot system in it. Like, like I never quite like knew the what to make. Developers always try to create the game that's like a clone of whatever the latest yeah. hotness is. Yeah. Um, and this is not. This is sort of that, but also sort of not in the way that it's a bit of a throwback in terms of how it's it's very it's fairly linear. I would say if the first game is Zelda, this is more Metroid. Interesting. In okay. the sense that there's a lot of places you can't quite access early on, and, and you can. So you get it's that thing where you, you know, I early mean, Zelda's on, like that too, though. Sort of, but this is more Metroid in the sense that it's a smaller map. It's it's uh, it's less about exploration and more about just I'm going through here and now I got this thing I can go through here and I go I backtrack and go through this thing that was very you know in Metroid you see those things where it's like clearly you can go through here but I don't have the thing I, I don't need have to get the right missile or whatever. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of that in this. Like you're you're clearly seeing things that you need some item or ability to get through all like from the first room almost you're like okay i see what this is and it's small and and directed enough that there is actually no map in this game um there are wow. fast travel i can't remember the last time i played a game that didn't have a there's map. fast travel points but there is no map there is a you don't have it yet in the footage here but there is like a little like a skyrim style compass up at the top that shows you a little skull icon in the direction of where the next sin so there's a waypoint there is a there is like a director for it but there isn't like this this game is not like geographically complex uh enough to um require a big map it, there is also no horse travel the other two games, you could ride your horse around because you are because you're a horseman, right? Yeah. Uh, so you do not use uh, Fury's horse rampage in this at all. Where is the horse? The horse is dead. Oh. So <laughs> the first boss you fight. I'm sorry, I asked. You summon the horse, and the horse shows up with a giant sword through it, and that's the end of the. Oh life. wow! Like, just like that. <laughs> but it, it was just all part of the whole thing, where like you know the horsemen are being set up. Like like every the horse and this was also part of two is like the horsemen are being set up by someone. They're suckers, and, and you still don't <laughs> quite know. It's, maybe it's the Chard Council, maybe it's something else. Like you know, at some point they need to make the game that explains this. Uh, hopefully they. Because <laughs> we'll they, see. There's a cliffhanger at the end Depending of Darksiders. Darksiders. Yeah. Well, Darksiders one had a cliffhanger where basically at the end it looked like the four horsemen were getting back together and they were gonna declare war against the entire of all of reality right and at some Let's point they should declare war on reality at some point they should probably like that's been happening the last two years yeah. i mean war <laughs> says to her when she leaves at the beginning of this game there's something wrong with the universe uh. watch your watch your back basically and uh so hopefully they're going to get to this um somehow i hope they don't feel the need to make a game for strife as well because that would just be a shooter strife right. uses guns yeah um and Strife's two guns have actually been items you can use regularly in Darksiders 1 and 2. So presumably at some point he doesn't have his guns. So maybe he doesn't have his guns so you can't make a game about it. <laughs> so, um, just get on with it. Was yeah. like, so, so basically what, you're waiting for this cliffhanger from the first game to be yeah. resolved. And you've had and two games of kind of stalling. You haven't almost. finished this yet. Though. No, I'm about halfway through it. It's pretty short. It's only about 11, like 10, 11 hours apparently. And judging by the number of deadly sins I've killed... Which is way killed, shorter than the other two games. Judging by the number of deadly sins I've killed, I'm about halfway through. I've killed four of them. Uh -huh. uh, this this is Envy. Envy is the first one, and, and she's kind of like a throw... She's the tutorial boss, basically, yeah. so I don't count her. But I've done three real sections. Okay. 
Um, and some of those have been pretty good fights. Here's, so here's the weird thing about this game. I said it was, was like Metroid. Yeah. Um, the other thing it's like is Dark Souls. Uh, so watching the footage, it looks like Devil May Cry to me. Mm, there, there's definitely influence there, but it's more Dark Souls meets Devil May Cry. And I don't mean that really as a compliment so much. Because some people would hear that and absolutely right. take that as a compliment. Uh, but it is not as polished as a Devil May Cry would be expected to be. And in terms of Dark Souls, it takes a lot of ideas from Dark Souls, but implements them strangely. So I think here's the, the weird thing about it is that... Um, the the oft debated easy mode for a Dark Souls game. I think this is pretty much what it would be. Really? Because of three key differences in how they implement the Dark Souls ideas. Other for, than the fact that it's nowhere near as interesting a universe as <laughs> Dark eh, Souls. Well, that's not really here nor there. Right. Um, the the key is the two the three key ways it differs that like make me go hmm are so you collect souls. Just when you defeat enemies and when you pick up items, just like in Dark, Dark Souls, and then you trade those souls in to Volgrim, the demon who's always the shopkeeper in this series, mm -hmm. um, you trade those in for leveling up and to use as currency to buy stuff, just like Dark Souls. The difference here, and if you die, uh, you, know, you drop your souls, you have to go back and get them, the whole same, same deal. I didn't know that for a while because I didn't die for like three Does hours. Does the waypoint <laughs> show you how to get back to get it? No. Just oh, like Dark that Souls. kind of stinks. Just like Dark Souls. But here's the thing. Quite a move list. One of the differences, one of the big difference here in how they implement that is you can, you know, in Dark Souls, one of the part of the difficulty comes from you know when you go to the bonfire, you can trade in your souls to level up, but you have to have enough souls to level up. In this game, you can bank souls with Volgrim whenever you want, even if it doesn't level you up. Interesting. So you can, if you don't want to buy anything, you can straight up every time you go to Volgrim, you just bank every soul you have down to zero, and it'll be there when you come back to put more in to level up. So you, so basically, you can you can make it so you never lose any souls of note. So it's like Dark Souls without any consequences. Sort of, yeah. <laughs> the other, some people may like that. The other, yeah. Well, I'll get to that because um, because some of these ideas aren't bad, and if you want like an easy mode Dark Souls, but there's there's other things that make that kind of moot. Um, the other thing, also, there's no stamina bar, um, so you're good. Um, Makes a big difference. You don't, you don't like. I know you're. You aren't a stamina bar guy. I am not. Um, so that right there, that makes it. You know, remove the stamina bar, um, and let you bank souls at any time. There's your. There's your easy mode for Dark Souls. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, um, there, there, the way the Estus Flask equivalent works is, uh, is called Nephil, Nephilim Restoration or something. I don't know, Nephilim something. It's a little green icon, and you, you have a limited number. It's just like the Estus Flask. You have a limited number. You can upgrade how many you have. You can upgrade how much healing it does over the course of the game. Uh, the difference here is that the Estus Flask in Dark Souls is refilled when you rest at a bonfire, which resets all the enemies, right? right? So in this, the, the, uh, the healing item Estus Flask equivalent is re refilled whenever a green soul pops out of an enemy. So you can refill your, your Estus Flask just by fighting. Ah, uh, okay. Um, and the funny thing is... Uh, because the souls are so easy to bank and death is so without consequence, the trick is when you um, die and respawn, you get your Estus flask refilled. That's the only time you can get it automatically refilled. You don't get it refilled when you talk to Volgrim, like if you were talking to staying at a bonfire. Right. The fastest, if you're out of health, like you know, if you're out of Estus flasks, the like fighting a boss or whatever, the fastest way to get yourself refilled is just to die. 
<laughs> then you get all your health items back. That's really lame. And you can just go... And like, if you've been banking your souls responsibly with Volgrim, you haven't lost more right. than like five enemy kills. Right. It's completely without consequence. And like the problem that I'm running into now is I am getting to the point where like the game is starting to ramp up and, and try to be a little harder and try to demand a little more of you because the dodging is a big deal. The dodging takes a page out of Bayonetta where if you dodge at the last second you get a, a more powerful counterattack you can do. So you're... I mean, lots of games are like that anymore. Right. So you're really trying to, you know, throw that... You know, dodging is important in a Dark Souls sense, but it's also important in kind of a, a Devil May Cry character action game thing because if you dodge at the right time, you get a nice, you know, hard hit right. out of it. It's very important also with bosses. Um, and... Like, I'm getting to the point where it's starting to be more demanding about that, and she's pretty fragile. She can take, like, four hits... You know, four hits from a strong enemy. Um, and I get to the point where it's just like, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm banging my head against this one enemy. Yeah. And I hate when I get to that point in a, in a game it where it's like, I don't care anymore. And it does reset uh, all the enemies when you die. Um, so they do, that is... They like all Dark, respawn? Yeah, they, that is oh, okay. like Dark Souls. Not the, not the unique enemies, but all the cannon fire right, respawns. Right. Um, so you're kind of going, you know, killing the same skeletons over and over. It gets a little tiresome. And yeah, I mean, you can just see in this footage that the enemies get repetitive pretty yeah. quickly. And, of course, there's an issue of... Uh, it's The camera's not great. Fighting multiple enemies is very difficult because uh, it doesn't show you what's happening. Um, you really... you know, Especially when you're talking about projectile enemies because projectile-based enemies, there's no indicator that they're shooting at you unless you're really listening for the sound cues. So, like, you know how important it was in God of War when you had that little marker that said a projectile's coming in? Yep. Yeah, imagine playing something like that with a camera that close to you, but no, you can't no see it. No, thanks. You, can't, you have no warning. <laughs> no, thanks. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that. It's it, techni Technically, it's extremely rough. Uh, there is... You mean, like, bugs and glitches everything. and stuff? There's bugs, there's glitches. The game looks pretty good. There's frame rate problems constantly. Uh, I mean, it drops sub-20 at, at times, even on the Xbox One X. Um, there's a thing, I don't know if you'll see it in this cutscene, um, but there's a thing with the cutscenes do, especially this one. Yeah, you can see it. Whenever it cuts back to the big guy, you see how you see the character model suddenly snap to place? Yeah, yeah. That happens all the time when, the camera, when the camera switches. That? Every time the camera cuts, like, you'll see a character kind of like snap into place, or all his clothes will suddenly drop into the physics engine or stuff like that. What? Happens constantly. Like, a lot of the reviews have said it feels like, a, like an old game, like a last-gen game, and that, to me, is one of the reasons is it feels so technically creaky. It's just like borderline. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, it feels like... And, and, I mean, so apparently this was kind of like a lower-budget game. Apparently the budget was somewhere around $30 million. Um, the, C the CEO of THQ Nordic said that they'll be happy with it if it sells 100,000 copies. Um, which I originally I was like, oh, that's not too many, but now I'm like, eh, that no. might be tight. <laughs> like that, it didn't get great reviews, and like, if it, you know if, what, if it feels it came like out in it feels like, like everyone April, for, it feels maybe. like everyone forgot this was coming out. I mean, it just seemed like it came out of nowhere. It was a weird place to put it. It was, sure. yeah. I mean, I you know this again. This is one of those games that would fare far better if it came out in Q1 instead of Q4. Yeah, but unfortunately, I'm sure THQ Nordic has stockholders and. Mm -hmm. People that they have to keep happy every. There had quarter. to be a reason. I don't. I mean, I don't know what their reason was, but there had to be something. So hopefully it does okay, and we get a Darksiders four that finally you know wraps things up and and you know fulfills the promise of that last that cliffhanger in Darksiders one. I've been hanging on that thing for ten years now. Um, I don't. By the way, I don't hate it. I got. I, I like it okay. It's fine because it's, it's you know it's it's. I don't think it's as good as one. Um, it's not. You know, I don't like it quite as much as. 
2, but at the same time, 2 was a big, bloated, sprawling mess right. I've never actually finished. Yeah. So at least I'll probably get to the end of this, because um, it's a very short, it's a fairly short game. Um, Do you think I, it's the last one we'll ever see? No, I mean, I, this is the most high-profile property THQ Nordic owns. Yeah. So I, would feel, I feel like they, they will probably take another shot at this. Are you surprised it's so rough around the edges considering this team and a lot of people on the team have so much experience working on big Maybe. budget games? I mean, I don't know. I have no idea what the what the speed or what the I mean, the 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 roughness of the combat system that doesn't seem to really, you know, it's hard to describe. It just doesn't feel good yeah. in a lot of places. You know the way that the way that I'm going to talk about a game in a little bit. That's that. You way. know the way that like Devil May Cry feels good, or like yeah, Bayonetta yeah. feels good. Like you feel like responsive, really responsive, connected to everything. In control, yeah. You pull something crazy off, and you're like, yeah, you I feel did good that. about it. Like yeah. in this, it's like you're fighting the camera and the monsters and the the dodge button being in a weird place, and the like. It's it, it has a weird like lack of communication. Like you see the. Um, you see in some of these, the, the clips here, her hair is glowing. Yeah. Like it's glowing purple or red or whatever. Yeah. So that's like these these things called hollows you get, which are like upgrades that let you, so like one of them lets you turn fire, like the the fire, and like one of them lets you turn into electricity. So like, like her hair becomes yellow with electricity. Um, those look like something you're supposed to, you have to equip back and forth, because the fire moves you have when you're on fire can get rid of certain obstacles, whereas like yeah, we saw it in the footage yeah, earlier. Yeah, actually, so and yeah. like like the the electricity one lets you lets you hover, so you can get across gaps easier, that kind of thing. Um, there's the dead horse. Yeah, there's there's rampage. <laughs> um, the uh, so, so like I was I got the second one of those, so I didn't have the fire anymore. I was I had electricity, and I had to get rid of one, uh, one of the things you need fire to get rid of. And I couldn't figure out how to get the fire back. And like I go into like the the menus, and I'm like trying to select it, and there's no way to select it in the inventory, or like fit, or the character screen to like do it or anything. And like I couldn't figure out what I was supposed to do. There's nothing in the menus, and the little tooltip keeps saying like hold Y to, to do a fire attack. I'm like I am. I'm doing an electrical attack because the fire is not active. Yeah. And finally, I figured out that you have to hold left bumper and press each when you're holding left bumper each face button. It, Cha modifies it changes the changes you from like the different the different elemental abilities. Got ya. The game never told me that. <laughs> as far as I saw, the game never told me so shit like that. But like stuff like the cutscenes where everybody's jumping around from you know shot so to weird. shot. Yeah. Like I don't even know what to think about that. Yeah. That is like, that is like an Unreal Engine two kind of thing. Yeah. You know? So what would you recommend people buy this game at? There are, forty. I, mean, I think this game should have been forty. Like from the get-go, it yes. should have been forty bucks. I know they can't do that because it's their highest-profile franchise, and it costs a certain you can't amount of money. Cheapen it, yeah. yeah. You can't do that, but like this game should have been forty dollars. Yeah. So you would say people should be comfortable spending that for it. If you liked the, the series and you want to see more of it, and you're ready for this to be sort of like a Devil May Cry by way of not really as good as Devil May Cry. <laughs> um, and we have a real Devil May Cry coming pretty but soon. Common. I mean, there was supposed to be a day one patch that fixed a lot of stuff. I did not see that go up on my Xbox. Yeah. Uh, unless it was already there when I downloaded it, uh, which I don't think it was. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd kind of keep an eye on it and see about a price drop in the next few months because I feel like that's going to be coming probably in June. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But also keep an eye on, like, the updates and see if they fix that. Because the frame rate's bad, man. Like, like that the, bad. Like, not like, not, not like, like, I can't play this bad, but, like, in terms of the kind of game it is, you can't have frame rate drops in a character action game like that. No, we're, we're and with like, counters and And, I mean, there's things yeah. where, like, because, you know, you know she, pulls, she pulls the whip back yeah. to, like, to whip it. And sometimes, if the camera angle's just right, the whip will kind of, like, get right in front of the camera. 
And when it does that, whatever the particle effect or whatever that's around the, the red around the whip, like the frame rate tanks for like a out. split second. It just goes, and like the whole, all the combat sort of goes. Oh, jeez. I mean, entering new, a lot of it seemed, maybe it seemed, maybe it's uh, information like loading streaming because like it happens a lot when you move to a new area. Like there's yeah. a big a big hitch. Lots of games um, The longest that. hitch I've well, had hitch, is, anyway. the longest hitch I've had is seven seconds. Like everything, wow. everything just froze. Oh, that's not a hitch, man. Everything just froze <laughs> that goes for seven beyond seconds. beyond hitch territory. And I was like, all, I was like, going to like my thumb was going down to press the xbox button to go to home to quit the game and it came back and it moved again <laughs> and I, so 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 it's like yeah it's very technically rough and it needs it needs some needs some petting okay they, they, so they you say help. you'd buy it at 40 bucks i'd buy it here's at, the big i'd question, buy it at though. 40 if they if they do some updates and and bring it up to up to par because i mean i'm playing this on an xbox one x right like oh man! Like there's no way yeah. this is running well on a on a vanilla bone or a uh, yeah. or a regular PS4. So here's the question: At forty bucks, do you buy this or Fallout seventy six, which oh, also this. costs forty bucks? This, this, not no question. Not not even no. Like you'd have to give me give me Fallout seventy six. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you have to pay me to play Fallout 76. I mean, maybe too. But like, at the very <laughs> least, you're going to have to make Fallout 76 free to play. Yeah, which may not be that far away. But yeah, away. Don't, don't count them out yet. <laughs> it may not be that far away, my friend, honestly. This, but, is, this is not gl- glitchy on the level of Fallout 76. It's just rough. Okay. Um, but it's rough in a way that you're like, you know, the two problems I have with the, how, the way it's rough is like, one, it's a story-driven character action game, yeah. which means you should have the cutscenes looking good and you should have the frame rate smooth. And those two things are kind of the most glaring problems. Some of the cutscenes look pretty good. Though. They look fun, yeah. But, but there's moments where I, I think because there's pre-rendered ones like this. I think this, that was pre-rendered. And then there's ones where it's real. It's clearly in-engine. That's those the are the problems. ones where when, when the camera angle changes, they're clearly having trouble rendering the characters fast enough, especially the big guys. Yeah. And there's just little things. Like there's a, there's a giant, like... Uh, the Lord of Hollows you meet early on, and like he's like this giant, like he's probably like thirty feet tall, and like you know he's got all the you know he's got all the fancy stuff all over the robes and everything, but he's got like these like these like bracelet sort of handcuff things that have like a little like dangly chain thing, and the chain thing constantly clips into his hand, into his <laughs> wrist while he's it's moving his hand talking, things, yeah. and it's just like well if you couldn't do that. Right. Just get rid of just, it. Why is that chain Why is it there? there? Like, just yeah. get rid of it and have it be a link. Just hang Poor it. decision Like, making. it's just, yeah. why is it, why are you even doing that? Why are you doing this thing that clearly... That you makes your game look bad. Yeah. Just get rid of it. Right. No one's going to be, oh, wait, where did that chain go? Right. Why doesn't that, why doesn't that little hook there have a chain hanging off it? Who gives a shit? I only noticed it because it keeps clipping through his freaking wrist. <laughs> now I don't even remember what he said. <laughs> So yeah, it's yep. like it's like things like that. I I, we, I think we all get it. We've all played games like yeah. this, and like which is I think again why people the reviewers keep talking about how it feels like a throwback. Yeah, because that's the way old games work. Yeah, and because like <laughs> you had tons of games that like, kind of felt like that on the 360, but yeah. you, people can't afford to make them like that. Anymore. Yeah, you yeah. Know, that, that kind of B list game has gone away. And this is very it hasn't, much that. Though. Very much, <laughs> but it it's might if they keep doing it like this. Yeah. Because damn it, I want to see the end of this damn story. <laughs> I don't know why they wouldn't have just done that with this game. Well, I think because they didn't have the budget for it. The the, the follow up to Darksiders, the end of Darksiders one, is going to be a giant freaking like war. Basically. War. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's 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 Armageddon times two because now the four horsemen are going up against the angels and the demons and possibly God himself. And I don't think you'll ever see that, Matt. 
I hate to say. If it. they get to do another one, I would hope they do that. <laughs> I hope so too. Because don't waste don't, your, don't waste another game on Strife for God's sake. No one cares what Strife was doing. Not even the other horsemen seem to care what Strife was doing. <laughs> she keep, Fury keeps calling Strife the delicate one. Yeah, I don't know what that means because <laughs> no one's ever seen him. Maybe he's in the game later. I don't know. They've talked about Strife enough that I think maybe he might he's show up later in the game. on. Yeah. Maybe he's the final boss. Ooh. What a twist that would be. Crazy. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about Valve. Mm-hmm. Valve appears to be a company in transition right now. So some initial screens leaked out of a redesign of Steam. Seems people are okay with most of the changes. They're mostly just... I saw a thing about that, but I didn't look at it. It's mostly like cosmetic stuff. It's not mm-hmm. a big deal. The bigger deal to me was that this week, Valve's Steam Link piece of hardware... I don't know. I guess you can't call it a peripheral. No, it's like... What is it, really? It's like a sling box, really. <laughs> kind of, yeah, it is, like... yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Steam Link is a little device that you can put you plug into your ethernet network at your mm. home and you put it under your tv and you plug it with an hdmi cable into your tv and it will basically stream whatever is on your pc to your television and that can be video games that are in your stream library it can be video content that you're watching on your pc um, i have one of these i bought it for like ten dollars i freaking love it um, I think the applications for it, a lot of people are just like, well, I don't want to play PC games on my TV with the latency, and I totally get that. But the practical applications of that piece of mm. hardware go far beyond just yeah, playing. Yeah, well, most of the people I know who use it use it more for video stuff. Yeah. Because you don't need to worry about latency on that. Yeah, it doesn't matter. As long as it's just synced, the audio yeah. and the video is synced, it's all good, and it does that with a plump. So Very handy for cutting the old cable, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. Yeah, if you want to stream stuff from your yeah. PC out to your TV, absolutely. But I just, like, you know, I was using it for games, and just, I hit too many games that, you know, the latency killed yeah. them. So... My, the final straw is trying to play Arkham City, <laughs> which, like, yeah, yeah, you've mentioned trying, that trying to do the counters on that was just like, okay, this isn't working. Yeah, any game that has, like, frame-by-frame timing yeah. is good. But it was tough. nice for, like, uh, like, a tur- like turn-based RPGs. That or works. Like, like Divinity, like Original Sin, those things. That works, yeah. stuff like that. XCOM, um, it's good for that. Yeah, but I use it mostly for media streaming. Streaming from my PC, which is all the way in the back, to my TV out in the living room. And right now, they are getting rid of all the Steam links for like two dollars and fifty cents. Yeah, it's well, st- summer sale. I think they were a dollar fifty. Yeah, but it was seven ninety nine shipping. Mm. Yeah, apparently they're sold out in Canada. You can still get them in the U.S. And I highly recommend spending two dollars and fifty cents on a Steam Link. Yeah, ten bucks really. Well, after your shipping. shipping, yeah, you pay more for shipping than you will yeah. for the actual item. But anyway, so Valve has decided to discontinue the Steam Link. And push people instead towards the Steam Link app, <coughs> which it feels it can just, you know, hire a couple engineers to work on it and keep updating it. And it's better than having this piece of hardware. And look, selling hardware brings a whole other list of headaches and issues and problems, mm-hmm. fighting with retailers for shelf space, trying to get it. Every- I can understand. I'm sure they feel burned by the Steam Box thing. The Steam Box. Oh, you mean Steam Machines? Yeah, Steam yeah. So that's what I'm getting at. So Valve appears to have wanted to bail on this piece of hardware. And do you feel like it is a side effect of what happened with the Steam Machines? 
I mean, it's. I think it's in the same ballpark. It definitely seems like, you know, it feels like Valve is learning that maybe sticking their toe in the hardware world was not the most positive experience they could ever have had. And it's time to sort of back away. There are some people that believe that the discontinuation of this Steam Link is uh, simply paving the route, the, the route for a Steam Link 2 that's going to have like, some kind of new tech in it. But I don't think I would we, I don't be think... very excited about that, except I don't believe that at all. Yeah, I don't think we have any kind of <laughs> concrete evidence for anything like that. I happening. mean, they had to basically give these away to get yeah. rid of them. I mean, that's really what it came down to. I bought mine for ten bucks. They started at what fifty or sixty? Yeah, I like fifty. And I got mine for ten bucks, and I was like, yeah, I got oh. mine. I got mine from Amazon. I think for like twelve bucks. A I, I got mine on Amazon too. And I literally thought I was like robbing Val. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, I get this for ten. Now they're two fifty. So. Typically, you don't release sequels to products that ultimately you had to sell for $2 to get rid of. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that's the case at all. I think this is Valve saying, hey, we're getting out of the hardware business. We're really a software company. Let's be honest. They're yeah. a software and services company. It always has been. Only in the last five or six years has it really tried to break out into this hardware segment, which I don't know why it did. I'm glad it did because I love my Steam Link. But I can't understand why it went in that direction. But now it seems like it's figured it out and it's pulling back. I mean, even going so far as to talk about, like, its partnership with HTC for the Vive. Like, for the last half decade, Valve has been neck deep in hardware. And it appears to me that it is reverting back to its old ways to be a services and software company. Is that a bad thing? Or is that the right move for Valve? I think it's better to specialize in this case i mean also i don't feel like they've done a great job with the the steam machines thing was like i mean i know they kind of protected themselves by sort of having third parties do that for the most part so they didn't take a huge bath but the steam like what does the steam link thing really get them i mean i think they were trying to like kind of horn in on the on the console space with that but it doesn't well, it was feel a like... half step between someone buying a steam box basically right but i don't it's think... like okay people don't want to maybe and it was maybe a reaction or Hedging its bet on the on the Steam box and the yeah, Steam Yeah, I just machines. don't think it gained them anything, really. It sounds like they just ended up with warehouse full of these things. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if you think about it, why did Valve release that product? Mm. I mean, sure, when they first sold them for fifty bucks, they were probably making them for ten, so mm. there would have been huge profit if they had got people to jump on board. But aren't you kind of cannibalizing your other initiative, which is getting people to buy? Shuttle PCs to stick underneath their televisions? Yeah, well, I mean, when you're paying like 20 bucks for a Steam Link versus like, what, 1500 for a Steam machine? Yeah. Like, it does feel like it's like, well, there's a point at which good is good, is good enough. Yeah, I mean, you're undermining yeah. yourself, your own product, your own market when you do that. So, I don't know. It, Valve's detour into hardware has mostly been a huge mistake. Even Vive has, honestly, like, I don't know how much money valve invested into that maybe nothing maybe they were just a promotional partner mm. but to me any amount of money that valve put into that partnership with htc vive was wasted money well we'll see when that half-life thing comes out but is, is but aren't the rumors that valve is working on it like another vr hmd maybe there's a lot of weird things flying around I me mean, it was like what was that uh What's the company that made um, Star? Was it Starbreeze that made what? Payday Two. Yeah, there's like rumors that they're about to shut down, and one of the things that yeah, they're hurt. And one of the Star things Breeze. that happened was they threw all this money into developing their own VR headset, which is like, are, what? dude, we could have really? told you. Yeah, 
<laughs> I think we actually did that. The mixed reality. I think we did that topic. Mixed reality mm-hmm. headsets on Game Face, and I think we both were like, "What are you doing?" Mm-hmm. Like, if HTC can't get it to work, Sony can't get it to work. You think Starbreeze is going to roll in and like? Making VR a success. <laughs> Fa- Facebook. It's looking like Facebook has had a, a hand in helping uh, manipulate various countries' politics, and they can't sell the Oculus Rift to you. I mean, no, like, whoever greenlit the Star Breeze HMD, yeah, I don't know what you're should thinking. Immediately there. be fired. Immediately. Like if they're still there, I don't know how they still have a job. That was one of the dumbest decisions I, I can remember in the industry in recent memory. Yeah, I don't know why you would want to expose yourself in that realm why what is the again going back to valve what's the what's the uptick what's the win i mean i get why valve would have have like aspirations to that because like if you can corner the pc market on vr and like lock it into your steam environment like you've got like a really good like foothold on this new thing that's all but, predicated on vr actually exploding right though. but but in terms of like it making sense for that to be sort of the ne- one of the next steps or one of the a branch of your of your company that makes sense for Valve. It makes sense for uh, the company that owns Steam. But if you're just like the people who made Payday 2, it's like, wh- wh- why? You're not even a hardware company. I mean, I, mean least, I hate to say it. I mean, that company I mean, probably At least Valve deserves, partnered with HTC, you know? Like, HTC yeah, yeah, made a partner. Yeah. <laughs> or Oculus Rift was founded specifically to make that. But like, a game developer deciding we're going to do a VR headset is like, what? I Are mean, you... I wonder who told that CEO it was a good idea. Like, their wife or husband? I don't know. Like, Anybody else in the know would I mean, have told at a, them. At a certain point, I guess you could see, like, you know, it's like, oh, we, we, if we do a good, better job, then we could, like, swoop in and do it. But it's like, what How makes you, you think the odds are in your favor? a better on job than a company like HTC that is a gigantic electronics company? Or Sony? I mean... Tech bro is a hell of a drug. Or Facebook, for that matter. Yeah, I don't know. So bad. So bad. I, look, I almost did say, like, they deserve to go out of business. I don't really feel that way, because there's lots of good people that work there that had nothing to do with this crap. It's also amazing that, like, after... I mean, it, I guess that would explain... If, that's, if the headset stuff is all true, that would explain why... Payday 2 wasn't floating them the way... Because, like, Payday 2 seems really successful. Oh, it is! But it, when you're dumping... Like, like, dumping money into research hu- for something like that's never going to be anything. millions of dollars into R&D for a product that literally may have sold, like, a thousand. Didn't even come out. Uh, but, uh, right. But I bet you if it did, it right. would have been lucky to sell a thousand. It's crazy. Yeah. It's really nutty. And I think Valve is smart enough... To keep from getting right. in that position. And also, Valve is big enough to absorb that hit. That loss, know, Same yeah. with, like, you know, is HoloLens ever going to be anything? Probably not. But Microsoft, one of Microsoft's whole functions is to do R&D on things that never exist. No, you're you right. Yeah. Like, they're, they're set up to absorb that. A game developer isn't. Yeah. Um, so That's I a huge mistake. So I don't know. Like, like, Valve is obviously big enough that it can, it can afford to experiment. But, like, I think it's safe to consider the Steam Link thing something of a failed experiment in terms of mass penetration. Steam Link, Steam Machines, also a failure. I don't mm-hmm. think that the Steam Machine necessarily deserved to be a failure, because I think right. there could be a market there for right. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, I mean, uh, the problem There was with, a way to play that hand right. I there think. was. The problem with the Steam Machine thing was there was way too many manufacturers, there were way too many different versions, 
One, this mm-hmm. one has 16 gigs of RAM. This one has four. Yeah, it was just as your complicated. Att- yeah, your attempt as, to simplify this just made it as complicated as it's even more been. probably yeah. maybe even more complicated than it was before. So it, there is a way that they can make Steam boxes or Steam machines work. I absolutely believe it. Unfortunately, the well's kind of poisoned at this point, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know if any company is going to be brave enough to kind of pony up and kind of yeah, front know. it. Like the only thing I could think is to go, you know, it, it, let, let let some years pass, and um, like let some years pass and figure out a way, make some partnerships, you know, team up with Nvidia for some really crazy discounted, you know, situation, make some Steam boxes at a decent price that have one model at a price you think is functional that can do the ray tracing thing. Yeah. Like, will but that... uh, the people that are going to buy a Steam box probably don't even care about that. Though. But they will care if you can show how much better it looks than like something equivalent on the PS4. Yeah. PS5, rather. Yeah. Because um, I, I think it's pretty safe to bet that the new consoles will not have ray tracing. It'd be a little too expensive. Because mm. remember, consoles tend they, to use... They, they kind of need to have Consoles it, tend to use... Uh, they might be able to use like a software solution, but I don't know if that's even feasible. Like the Probably not. Console hardware tends to be a few years out of date, just optimized yeah. to, to the point right. that... like yeah. so, so like putting in cutting-edge ray tracing stuff is going to inflate the price of something pretty hard, which I think is why... Microsoft is going to ride the Xbox One X as long as they can to put some kind of hardware like that in there. And by, and if PS5 does launch as early as it looks like it's going to launch, and then Microsoft pops out with his ray tracing machine that can like make things look like that demo yeah. versus things that look like what they're going to look like on PS5, like you're going to be like, oh damn, like yeah. that's a. I mean, not that graphics have ever won a console war, but like. But it'll sway the the, the evangelicals, the people like us it, who. But it will all, and it will influence also other people to buy stuff. Right, and it will also do the thing like we saw this year, where all of a sudden. Games are being demoed on Xboxes. Yep. You want it to look as good as you it can You see those look. button prompts, and yeah. it all adds up. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting But none to of see. that involves Valve right now, and I think they're, they'd probably be wise for them to sort of, like, cut their losses, step back, and observe, and maybe make Half-Life 3. What appears, I mean, all signs are pointing towards a big Half-Life announcement at the Game Awards. Yeah, but I think that's going to be the VR thing. It's a it's a prequel, apparently you know, a Black Mesa prequel. Yeah, which is not as exciting as actually finishing their damn story, which seems to be a I've trend. Given this, up on that. Seems to be a trend this episode <laughs> between them and Darksiders. Yeah, absolutely. The trend as actually across the last three or four episodes of Game Face is R.I.P. Rest in peace. Mm. There, literally, we've had like eight topics in the last month where something <laughs> died or was taken off the market or whatever. There was two in this episode. Yep. We had Steam Link. And what was the other one? Oh, and uh, Agent. Agent, yeah. <laughs> it's like every episode there's like a couple of them. So seems like there's as many things dying as being born in the industry these days. Uh, and a part of that could be just less. Again, on Pactor Factor, the episode we published yesterday for our patrons... He talks all about it, about mm. how it's starting to mimic the movie industry, and there are just far less games being made now, bigger bets on each one. Yep. So remember, in the in the golden age of the studio system, you had three to 400 movies coming out every year, and now you have like 150. Yep. It's, it's like just cut in half. As, as, you know, as the system breaks down and settles into this, like, kind of, here's how we make the money and these things we don't need anymore, you make less, you make fewer things, and then they, those things cost more and more to make, and then you have a point where you just can't afford to blow it you know you can't afford to make one that doesn't work properly you know but it's tons of studios went out of business um because they made one bad movie yeah you look, make one bad game yeah, now look, look at Karolko. yeah 
Kuroko, and Kuroko's like, Kuroko's the logo you see in front of the Terminator movies right and in front of the Rambo movie. I mean, yep. that was a, you know, that was the action movie, you know, like, you know, studio. studio. And yeah. one bad movie, gone. That's all it took. Yeah. So, took Game, them right out. Games can do that as well. No doubt about it. You have one bomb, yeah. uh, one big budget bomb. Or along the lines of Red Dead Redemption, go, go Google Heaven's Gate. Yeah. The movie Heaven's Gate. That's a fascinating story of hubris and crazy people. It's a Western from well, the early well, I thought 80s. The he- it wasn't the Heaven's Gate, that weird cult? Or yes, whatever. it was. But uh, Heaven's Gate is also the name of a Western that was made by the guy who directed uh, The Deer Hunter. Who, because Which of the success, film, because yeah. of the success of the Deer Hunter, he got to make whatever he wanted to make, and he decided to make this crazy western where, like, you got you got to read All about right. it. It's 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 <laughs> one of the most famous disasters in film history, and it basically ended his career and bankrupted a studio. And I mean, it was stuff like they built a whole town out of the middle of nowhere, and they, the way they built it, they could only shoot for like an hour a day because of where the sun was. And at one point, he had to move it five feet to the left. It was it was crazy. Look up Heaven's Gate. It's great. It's a great right. story. All right, let's move on. We're going to move to our last topic of this week's show. We're going to talk about Battlefield Five. I talked about this game back when I was on the beta, probably a month and a half, two months ago, something mm-hmm. like that. So I've talked about the multiplayer a ton already. I think I talked about it for like 20 minutes in that episode. Um, obviously, the final game is out now, and I do have a couple other things I'm going to say about multiplayer. That feels like it came out of kind of a very quiet place, too. Like, I haven't seen commercials for it. I haven't seen a lot of talk about it. It feels like Battlefield Five sort of snuck out. I think that kind of that's kind of what happens when you delay it, like, a month. Yeah. Like, a month before it's supposed to come out. And also, it's still, it's still kind of coming out half done. Yeah. I, look, I would say, and look, the lower third does say Half-Baked Beauty, but I would argue that it's not as incomplete, I think, as the perception is. Maybe not. Because but... it's still even as it's released, a really big game. There is a ton of game in the the launch release of this. It's not like, hey, here's just like Control and Team Deathmatch and you'll see the rest later on. Like, it is a full multiplayer suite and it is a full single player suite. Um, the accoutrements are the things that are missing. The, th- the kind of the bonus stuff. And the last part of the campaign. Yeah, well, that's actually coming pretty soon. So... Mm. Combined Arms, which is a cooperative mode, that's coming later. They haven't announced a date for that yet. Uh, the Firestorm Battle Royale mode is also still to come. And people could argue, but yeah, that's the hot stuff now. That's what people really care about. I don't agree with that. I think the vast majority of people who play Battlefield play it to play multiplayer. Um, so I'm just going to go through some of the stuff that I've picked up on playing multiplayer that was different from my experience playing the beta. Um, the first thing I would say about multiplayer that I've, that I've experienced playing the final version that I didn't really get in the beta is squads. Squads in yeah, Squads this, didn't work right in the beta. That's right. They do now. And it can be both a blessing and a curse. Um, <laughs> spawning has been a problem in first-person shooters ever since they went online. And Black Ops does some spawning stuff that helps. Uh, there's... Um, there's one item that in Black Ops that you can choose for your for your loadout that will let people spawn on it, and it's probably the most popular item in the entire game, because it it basically gives you that same battlefield experience of spawning on a squad or a squad leader in Call of Duty, which you just really haven't had. They're called like tact deploy beacons, and they are just used constantly, and it completely changes the game. Spawning has been an issue in Call of Duty 
forever. It isn't anymore. Thanks because thanks to the Tac Deploy Beacon. And I'm getting the same experience with Battlefield 5. The spawning in the game is insane. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes you're it's two on one and you're like, oh my god, I'm gonna die. I just know it, and you're getting ready to reset. And next thing you know, three guys spawn on you. And they just take out those two guys and you go on your way and you get that nice rush, that feeling of adrenaline. Sometimes you're on the other side of it, where it's two of you against one of them. And next thing you know, the, other, the five guys just spawn right in front of you, or four guys spawn right in front of you. And it's like, then it's on. It's very unpredictable, but it, it keeps you from having to deal with stupid crap like spawn campers, which in Battlefield, campers in general are a much bigger problem than they are in a game like Call of Duty. And I think that is what's frustrated me and been different for me the most playing multiplayer in the final version is that the game is just a sniper's paradise. And because there are so many players, if they if the other team has four or five snipers just scoping out, and look, even though control is kind of willy-nilly and there's points all over the map, you eventually, there's a front. There's, there's the place where the two teams meet because mm -hmm. you both start on two different ends and you rush and maybe you get one on their side, a point on their side, and they get a point on your side. But ultimately, there's still that, that line of friction, that front line. And if you have a couple snipers sitting on that front line, the game is awful. Because you literally can't leave cover. You run out, you get shot and die. And there are so many times playing the multiplayer in this where I'm just pinned down and there's nothing I can do. Our, you're like, where's our snipers? Why aren't our snipers like fighting? You just... You can run two miles in this game and then just get shot in the head by a sniper. Yeah. I mean, it's typical battle battlefield field stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what people need to know about <clears throat> this game is it's freaking Battlefield. It's not some weird thing where there's like... I think a lot of people had this misconception that there were going to be like characters running around with like prosthetic like legs and arms and there's going to be like cyborg like looking... <laughs> it's, it's... that I will say this. That debut trailer was misleading. That first trailer that got everybody into a tizzy was very misleading as far as tone and aesthetic is concerned. Well, yeah, the, the beta felt just like Battlefield. It, it, and it is. It's just Battlefield. I liked the beta. I, don't, I didn't like yeah. it enough to, play, to pay full price for it, although I'm thinking about getting it for 30 bucks at Target. Um, but, like, I liked I enjoyed it. I thought it, it felt heavy and weighty and I felt like I was alive long enough to do some things before I got killed most of the time and like I liked a lot of the weird little tricks they were pulling on the life bar thing like kept people a little more honest about stuff and people were sticking their heads out and putting them back down for cover and like no rebounding I health it. yeah I, en I enjoyed it. Health packs. I thought it I thought it worked pretty well and we talked ad nauseum about yeah. the whole uh, like the downed and revive yeah. thing where you can like call out for help or you can just end the meter very quickly and that hasn't really changed from the beta. Like, still, nobody hardly ever revives me. And so <laughs> now when I die, I pretty much just hold the right trigger to just completely mm. deplete the meter. So I, always thought, I thought it was funny when I'd, like, if I'd resurrect someone, the one thing I could count on was that if I got downed later, that same person would resurrect me every time. Yeah. Like, like, there, was, there was always, like, there was always kind of these weird, like, sort of, like, Temporary brotherhoods that were that were formed when like if I, the instant I pick somebody up they're like oh okay I'll help you now I'm gonna help yeah. you yeah there might be some of that but when you're playing on like a thirty some person team right I don't even remember all the people on my team well I certainly found in the beta that um, I, I spent most of my time around the squad 
Like those three other people, like yeah, I yeah. saw them more than everybody else for sure. So if you were nice to your squad people, before you know, I, again, like you said before, I don't use the headset really, but like we sort of there was an understanding. Yeah, what I like too about how the squads work in this game is like in, with the tag deploy beacon in, in Call of Duty, like you look at a, the map and you can kind of tell if there's like a lot of action going on around the mm -hmm. tag deploy beacon, but in this you can preview every member of your party, so you can switch through all the every single soldier that's in your crew to figure out which one do I want to spawn on which mm. one is advantageous for our team which one is in danger should I stay away from so it gives you a lot more flexibility to do that than you can in a lot of other shooters um, but there are some things that I did not even discover in the beta in the multiplayer that I've found now that I'm playing the final version. And one of those is called the Squad Reinforcement System. It was something that I was noticing going on in the beta, but I had no idea what it actually was or how it worked. And basically, as you work as a squad and you get kills or do, there's other things that you can do that will add to it as well. Your squad gains points. And then you can spend those, the leader of your squad <clears throat> can spend those points on things. So... It can be something as simple as a pile of sandbags, which may seem dumb until you're defending a point. And we've all been there. You're mm -hmm. defending a point. You're basically laying a bare ass on the ground. A group of the other team runs up, and they just shoot you right in the head. Well, you can spend those points that you've earned with your squad to build up defenses anywhere you want. You can put them wherever you want, but typically where you put them is at a flag point or whatever where you're, where you're trying to defend. Um, it even goes so far as to... Once you get enough points, you can throw down, like, ammo crates. Mm. Um, so if people are running out of ammo. And in this game, ammo is pretty scarce. It seems that they've weighted the game so that you, the one class that gives ammo has to do its job. Um, and I kind of like that because mm. it makes the classes important. And it means that you need one of every class on your team or it's going to be tough to succeed. I definitely felt in the beta that they were, they were coming up with new ideas to force people to play the game properly. Yeah. It, that's exactly what they're doing. Um, so you have uh, the squad reinforcement. Eventually you can call in like uh, like strikes. It's, it's a little bit like Call of Duty. Like once you get enough points, you can call in like huge mortar strikes on the enemy. But the only person that can do it is the squad leader. And so that leaves some people out to dry. And it also means that your squad leader has to be on it. Because there's another system called the fortification system that... Has, that is what I was talking about earlier with the ammo and the weapon crates and whatever. And again, you're... No one's coming to save you, dude. No, that's not Just happening. Just give it up. Yeah. <laughs> and it, yeah. <laughs> it, but once again, it's the squad leader. And the problem, too, I, one thing that I found is that it seems like the squad leader gets all the rewards for stuff. Mm. Like, they get all the XP from, like, the mortar strikes, any kills that they get from that. So it's a very, squad leader is a very important position in this game. And if you have a crappy one, you're going to be in trouble. And if you have a good one, it can completely change everything. And I think depending on your perspective, you'll think that's a good thing or a bad thing. Probably depending on whether you're the squad leader it's, or not. Well, that or depending on whether you like to be a leader or right. you'd like to just be the person who just falls in line and goes out and gets kills or whatever. I'm the one person who enjoyed being the commander in the, the remember when they did that with Battlefield? Yeah. Where you could play like with the with the iPad. Yeah, and yeah. Like just poke at things. It's like an RTS I enjoyed kinda. that. Yeah. Um, what else? Oh, there's eight maps, six game modes. The modes are all pretty typical. Stuff that you would expect. Mm -hmm. The really cool stuff's coming later. 
Um, gear unlocks, it, they're not crazy, like, day glow colored trench coat. They're, literally, it's just, it's a military game. It's Battlefield. All the freakouts and the fervor over, like, the female, it was all just fooey. It all, I mean, didn't matter. And I don't know if DICE pulled back and pulled out some content from the game because it just didn't feel like dealing with the idiots. But if they did, I bet they'll put it back in as they expand. It's possible. It like, could be something that comes. It feels later. like people have less judge or less judgmental about like expansion stuff. Like that's when you get right. to play around more. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so dumb, but it, you're right. That's kind of the way it works. Like you could put a jetpack in this thing for the third expansion, nobody would even notice. <laughs> you're right. Uh, as I mentioned, there are the four classes. Uh, one thing I found was that you can only have one loadout per class. Hmm. Like I typically only play assault. Um, and so when I play assault, I like to have like one that has like one gun that has a scope, so I can kind of snipe. And I like to have one that just has a red dot sight for more close quarters maps. You can't. You only have one loadout saved per class. Maybe I'm wrong. I could not figure out a way to save a second loadout. Maybe someone in the chat has been playing longer than me and they figured it out. I could not figure it out. Um, in all honesty, it just plays like it's Battlefront 2. It really is. Like, it's gorgeous at times, but there's also terrible LOD issues. Like, you see all the gravel, like, drawing in, like, 10 feet in front of you. When you're standing still, it's absolutely stunningly gorgeous. Um, but it has big-time LOD issues. Probably the worst I've seen in, I don't know, like, a year and a half or two Frostbite's years. Frostbite's not good at that. It's really not. I don't know why, but even with this game, they were not able to get it to work right. Um, uh, what else? But it, it did. Like, the gunplay, not really Battlefront 2, but everything else, the look of it, the way characters move, um, you can tell it's built, basically, on the same technology as Battlefront. But, look, it's different than Call of Duty, like it always has been. It's more team-oriented, it's more vehicle-oriented, bigger maps, a bigger scale, but I still think I like Call of Duty Black Ops 4 more. It's... The traversal is way better in Call of Duty. Um, and that is one thing where I feel like they've taken a step back in this game, not just in multiplayer, but just across the board, is the feeling of the guns. And I know that DICE says it's done a lot of work on the guns. I think they feel and sound like crap. Like, a part of it is the force feedback is terrible. Half of the guns, when you fire them, there's no rumble at all. Yet a, a tank will ride by beside you, and it'll rumble because a tank rode beside you. Hmm. And force feedback makes a huge difference in shooters. If you get it timed and you got it nailed, it makes it feel like you're firing a gun. And the guns in this game, like the, the SMGs and the assault rifles, just feel like nothing. Like you're not firing anything. And that drives me crazy. Um, while you have more options for traversal as far as, okay, you can, you can lay on your back and you can use your knees as a tripod... Uh, there's a better dodging mechanic in this. Like, you can dodge in any direction, like, dart really quickly. You can also run while crouched. It's like the roadie run. Hmm. Um, there's more options for traversal, but it all just feels wrong. And it doesn't feel <laughs> solid and, like, you're in control of it. Like, taking cover behind something. You really don't know if your head is below a wall because if you take one step, you raise up, like, two feet. Which isn't the way a human being works, but that's the way the game works. So, gunplay, I don't 
I think it's a step back. I know that they said they worked on it and tried to improve it because people complained about it in the past. I think it's a step back. Um, the traversal and things like that, not up to scratch as far as I'm concerned. But you have all these other things that it does that other shooters don't do that make up well, for it's, it. It's always, it's always been kind of the, 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 the balance between Call of Duty and Battlefield is Call of Duty goes for kind of the traversal feel and ba- Battlefield goes for scope. Yep. It's more, look, it's more realistic by a mile. But as we've said on this show a billion times, realism doesn't always equal fun. So that's multiplayer. Now I'm going to talk about the single player stuff, which is what we're seeing right now. Uh, it's called War Stories. And you played the last Battlefield. You enjoyed yeah. the War Stories stuff. Yeah. Uh, they're just like, basically how it works is each mission is an hour-ish long, and it focuses on one unheralded hero from the war. So the first one you play as is this guy who gets busted out of prison because Churchill had, had come to the conclusion that the war that they are going to fight, they're going to need people who are willing to fight dirty. And so... Apparently, the literally U- the beginning of Gears of War. No, you're right. Break a guy, break the badass out of jail, so you can stand a chance. That's exactly how this starts. It actually, actually, how it starts is what we were seeing at first, which was they take you through like all these eras, through like Algeria right. and blah blah blah, and it's just like this little training thing. And literally, you spend like five minutes shooting, and then five minutes in a plane, and then five minutes yeah, it's in a pretty tank. much the same as the beginning of Battlefield One. Yeah. So you do that, and then the first proper mission is where you play as the guy who gets busted out of jail. Um, There are, including the training one I just talked about, there are four missions right now for the single-player stuff. Mm -hmm. And then there's a fifth one that launches on December 4th, I think. And I don't know if that's going to be like a regular schedule or if that fourth one is the last one that's ever coming out. I'm not really... I think that's just the last one. Okay. It's just It was supposed to be part of the initial release but they just weren't gonna have it done in time it's the it's the uh it's the one where he plays the nazis nah he, pl- he plays a very controversial one. he plays a Wehrmacht tank crew that's starting to have doubts about the grand cause yeah which uh, was a, a fair number i would imagine yeah, at that point yeah absolutely uh i would say that so here's the thing it's like we said earlier the scope is bigger it seems like the options are bigger but when you're playing the single player in this it feels that way because you're in this gigantic like open world mm-hmm. and you get a waypoint on your map you're like okay well i can probably go to that waypoint and i can approach this mission any way i want to oh no even though you're in an open world the whole game is set up so that there is one way to actually yeah. get through a mission that is such a dice thing it, they, it is they've been doing so that since lame. bad company it is so lame if you try to flank or come in, you just get yep. slaughtered. And then suddenly you stumble upon this one soldier that's facing the wrong direction, basically just begging you to stealth kill it. And once you do that, you realize, oh, this is the way they want yeah. me to go through. And then it's just easy as crap. So part of the game is figuring out what the game wants you to do. It's like, how does it want me to start this mission? What path does it want me to take through this mission? And if you deviate out of that, you're going you're gonna to die. <laughs> That's all there is to it. So it's an open world campaign that is incredibly linear. It's like a juxtaposition of the two. That's very much how DICE has gone about the single... I mean, that was in Battlefront 2 as well. Yeah, the campaign was, there yeah. where like, if you didn't go down kind of the imaginary golden path, like you were going to get reamed. Like, don't, don't deviate. Which, yep. is, which is annoying because it's like there should... 
And for the well, you see this gorgeous open for the, world, and right. like, well, for the and they also park look at, cars everywhere, and like, well, the counterpoint, look at uh, look at uh, Titanfall two, like you could do that. That I mean, that wasn't as open, yeah. But you could do that any way you freaking wanted. You absolutely wanted. could, yep. Which makes me wonder what we're gonna get if Respawn really is making that next Battlefield game. Maybe a great Battlefield. Maybe Bad Company yeah. three. Yeah, that's that would be freaking awesome. And I'll tell you another. another that would be thing. up their alley. I would. Think. It would. It would be. And you want to know what makes me even more excited for another bad company? Is the destruction in this game is awesome. Yeah, I do like awesome. that. Awesome. So I've spent a long time missing... Because Bad Company 2's multiplayer had the best destruction of anything in the series. Not anymore. And like just those Gold Rush missions, Gold Rush matches were like... Yep. By the end of it, like the building you were in was just flat. It was, yep. it was a you and rubble and the two crates you're defending. And it was like the, everything changed constantly because of what people were throwing at the environment. And like I like a lot of what I'm seeing here. This like, is a return yeah. to form to bad company. Finally, the, the frostbite engine plays off. Some of it all may all even be like a little over exaggerated. Like there was one time where an enemy ducked behind this big like concrete silo, and I tried to shoot him when he stuck his head out, and instead I shot like the edge of the silo, and like eight bricks fell out of the side <laughs> of the silo. So they are definitely going way above and beyond where the destruction has been before, and it makes a huge difference across the whole game not just multiplayer also in single player i mean you can shoot a rocket into a building in single player and have the building crumble down on the enemies hmm. it's amazing and it really does completely change the dynamic of both single player and multiplayer and it's also refreshing to see i mean dice spent some time and money on this single player content i we mean need to work on the hair in this engine yeah <laughs> it is what it is but the pores on the face matt yeah, but everybody kind of still looks like they've got the Mass Effect Andromeda hair. Yeah, no, you're right. But so after having Black Ops 4, which had no campaign whatsoever, it makes you wonder, okay, does DICE, did DICE take, take a break and just kind of put whatever out there? Oh, no. Like, this is honestly the best campaign that I've played in a Battlefield maybe ever. Of course, that bar yeah, is I don't know what that's really, really saying, but... low. Really low. Their campaigns have been terrible. Battlefield 3's campaign still makes me angry. I couldn't get through Battlefield 1's stuff either. I like either. 1 okay. I made it through the first couple missions. I just didn't care after that. I have enjoyed this from beginning to end. I also, I, I really wanted to get to the Lawrence of Arabia stuff. So, Although I guess you can just pick whatever you want whenever you want in that series. I, I didn't need to get through the rest of the game to get to Lawrence of Arabia. but Yeah, you can, you can play the war stories in any order you want. It doesn't matter because they're not... They're not congruent. Right. They're not like in sequence or anything. They're just these disparate stories told of. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. What's up with that? And there are There are glitches. I haven't had a ton. I had one case where an explosive that I needed to use net didn't spawn, and mm. I had to like reload a save or whatever. But for Frost the most part, like people were saying, this game's really buggy. I honestly haven't had a lot of issues with it. It's frustrating. I'm does mud playing really PS4. Well. It. I haven't had a lot of bugs. Other people have complained about it a lot, but. That's the thing I've, I think I've admired the most visually about the last few Battlefield games is the mud. Yeah. The game is gorgeous, man. I mean, there's... It's... For the scope and the scale of the world, is gorgeous. Um, the textures sometimes don't look great. The animation, like the human animation in the game, looks a little goofy at times. Uh, but when you, think, when you take everything into consideration, it is an absolutely gorgeous game. And all this footage was recorded on a base PS4. This is not PS4 Pro or Xbox One X. Um, yeah, I think it's great. I don't, I don't know why all the hate has erupted over this game. Like, sure, you can buy it at full price now, and you wait a month or two, and then you get Battle Royale. Maybe that keeps people from buying it, but, man, 
There's or more got, than I mean, enough content in this game to hold you over until a bunch the of Battle sale. Royale mode launches. There's a bunch of sales on it right now. And it's completely different. It's like a lot of people will say, oh, well, I need to choose. Either I'm buying Call of Duty this year or I'm buying Battlefield this year. I don't get that at all. They're both shooters, but they couldn't play any differently. Literally, they could not play any differently. I'm loving Black Ops 4. I'm also loving Battlefield 5 for completely different reasons. Um, sure, you hold guns and they go pew-pew, but to me, that's really where the similarities end. Um, will this replace Black Ops 4 as my dead time game? Probably not, because you but can't... But matches are forever in this yeah. game. Yeah, and that is really the big drawback of this game, is the commitment that you need. I honestly quit probably 70% of matches before they finish. Because you just get to a point where your team is yeah. down like 200 tickets, and you're like, what am I doing? It's one of the most soulless moments when you're <laughs> like, we're losing by 80 tickets and there's 12 minutes left. And it doesn't look like the other team's going to hit the limit in that amount of time and just realizing that you're just wasting your life. <laughs> you are. Yeah. <coughs> you're wasting your life. And that, to me, is the biggest detriment of this game. The in and out. It's The in and out is really long. It's like waiting for the match to finish and then waiting for one to end and for everything to load up for the next one. That's where Call of Duty has this franchise licked. Mm -hmm. um, would I trade uh, a it's more user-friendly experience for maybe just 48 players instead of 64 mm -hmm. and a smaller map? Yeah, I would. It's also weird considering how like the watchword of, of the success of Battle Royale has been in large part how fast you're in and out of those matches. Yep, absolutely. I mean, I've been talking about this forever. That It's one of the hidden secrets of Call of Duty that makes it so popular is die respawn game over yeah. game start it, there's no and that was my concern when i played black ops 4's beta remember right. like it was taking forever to turn over matches that was all fixed for retail right. see that was a problem in in the beta battlefield 5 was part of the problem it was like 90 seconds or something between rounds yep. even not little matches and it was a point where like you can't let me think about too much about what i'm doing between like you got to get me back in before i can think about like oh i should be doing another thing well you're also going to think hey this next match is going to last 40 minutes yeah. i mean there's no small commitment with this game if you're going to play multiplayer that's the bottom line it is not a bite-sized junk food game it is a commitment that you're going to make for at least 30 minutes every time you sit down to play it so all these things just need to be considered when, you just, when you're trying to figure out whether you should buy this or Black Ops. I'm not really saying one game is better than the other. I enjoy one more than the other just because of the style of game that I like. I'm just trying to give you all the data so if you're going to buy one shooter this year, you have all the ammunition you need to make an informed choice. Um, and some people are going to like Battlefield more. Some people are going to like Call of Duty more. To me, they're both great games. And I don't think you can go wrong with either one if you enjoy that style of shooter. So... There you go. That's Battlefield Five, And unlike a lot of other games, I think this will be the last time we talk about it mm. on Game Face. A lot of times we'll, we'll circle back, but shooters generally don't sort of shooters provide have, that opportunity. Yeah, they don't have a lot to say beyond the initial bang. Nope. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. So it's time for our trailer of the week. As uh, regulars on the stream know, this is a time for you guys to get your questions in for Q&A. Our trailer of the week this week is for a game... Another game you mentioned earlier about how like Battlefield just kind of came out and nobody knows. Here's mm. another game that's coming out that no one's really kind of on the radar, and that's Just Cause 4. I can't decide. I mean, I like Just Cause in general, but I'm so skittish about this one. I don't know, and I, I mean, I do and know why. No, but, like, you have very good reason to feel skittish about this game, Matt, because 
it for again it snuck up on me and i was like oh wait a minute like just cause is coming out in a week like that's a big game i should like get it now and start playing it and uh, i contacted square enix and they're like oh we haven't sent out review code yet and <clears throat> excuse me sometimes when i hear this it's a lie and the pr person is just trying to be nice to me and they've really already sent it out to like the big guys like GameSpot mm. and ign or Eurogamer or whatever and they'll just tell me they haven't sent it out yet so that they, I don't know, maybe they want, don't want me to feel bad. I don't send, know. They haven't sent it out to you. Pretty much. But they'll say we haven't sent it out yet. And so when I got that from Square Enix, which honestly Square Enix is usually really honest with me, but when they, when they said that, I was like, all right, you know, I'm sure GameSpot's review will be posted in an hour or whatever. And it didn't. And I was like, okay, maybe they're being honest. And then I saw a tweet today from IGN's reviews editor, and IGN has not rece- received Just Cause 4. For review that's yeah, disconcerting and folks if you've learned anything by watching me and matt over the years it's that when a publisher doesn't send out a game early for review it's very rarely a good thing yeah i also knew something was up with darksiders 3 because the review embargo was the morning of the 26th and the game came out on the 25th yep like you're right. Oh, wait okay. a minute <laughs> okay you go live the night before the reviews come out that's interesting hmm so anyway, the trailer of the week this week is for Just Cause 4 because I feel like if you're like me, it's kind of been slipping under your radar and you probably forgot that it's coming in like seven days and you probably still would have forgot because you're not going to see any reviews before it comes out, it doesn't look like. So uh, not only is this a trailer for Just Cause 4, it is a live action trailer. Let's roll it. Tell me how my base was destroyed. No, he, he was everywhere. He... Uh, crazy man. He came from the sky. Liar! Do you think I'm stupid? To be fair, our fuel tank placement is a problem. And then there was a tornado. And then that is when he landed inside of the base like a panther and he shot Carlos. <laughs> and me too. He tied me to a weather balloon. He was very creative. <laughs> There's no way one man did all that you say. And when I find out what really happened, you will wish he had killed you. Bro, we're on the YouTube. <laughs> That's a pretty funny trailer. Pretty well done. Uh, we got tons of questions rolling into the chat. We're going to answer as many as we can before we get up out of here. Um, here's one from Vincent. 
Wasn't Starfield basically announced like agent based on a name and a pedigree related, which launches first, Elder Scrolls 6 or GTA 6? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's a good point, Vincent. You're right. That is a good analogy. That is one other game mm-hmm. that kind of... I think Elder Scrolls 6 is a 2024 game. I would bet GTA 6 is later than that. I, I honestly, I don't agree. I I think they've been working on GTA for a long freaking time. I don't think they've even started GTA 6. Oh, they absolutely have. No way. Absolutely. They, w- they were making Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah, but it's not like it's, they can just work on one right. thing at a time. They have but, studios all over the world. Yeah, but Rockstar North makes GTA. Yeah. Th- that group of guys in Scotland make GTA. They are absolutely. not letting anyone else make that. Yeah, but that group in Scotland what, weren't the main developers for Red Dead Redemption 2. They were. No, they weren't. But they were. Uh-uh. No, if Who you look, was? it doesn't say Rockstar North. It's literally Rockstar. All the, well, it's they like seem... a worldwide. Right. Pactor but... thinks that they still have a studio in San Diego. I thought they fired everybody. I in thought San they Diego did when too. Red Dead One got finished. But I'll say one thing: he knows a lot more about Take Two and Rockstar mm. than I do. And so when he says stuff, I'm like, okay, you're probably right. He, he says that they still have the studio down there. I think GTA Six is a very long way off. I mean, to answer his question, I mean, but can first... delay stuff like crazy, but like. I think GTA comes first before Elder, Elder Scrolls. Mm. I think we get GTA in like two or three years. I think I think Starfield is 2020 or 2021, and I think Elder Scrolls is three to four years after it. I think Star. I think, yeah, I think it goes Starfield, GTA, Elder Scrolls in that order. Uh, they took eight years to make RDR two. Uh, I don't see GTA six. Well, we're already at five soon. years. Yeah, but I think you're underestimating how much Rockstar North was involved with this. I think they focus on one thing at a time at this point. Also, Rockstar North has been working on GTA Online regularly. Yeah. Um, they have to find a way to transition from that. Um, I think GTA 6 is a long way out. I think GTA 6 might be seven or eight years away. Okay, here's a question from J. Reed Vic 7. You may be able to answer this. Too. I mean, so might Elder Scrolls. We don't, I mean, who knows what the hell... Yeah. Maybe Starfield comes out bombs because they're using the same technology again, and they're like, well, we got to revamp everything, and it takes forever to make it. Or Elder maybe 6. they just completely trash Elder Scrolls 6 because of the response that Fallout 76 is getting. I don't see why they'd do that. Because they're saying they're still in the same engine, and people are freaking out about it. Yeah. I mean, they might have to start from scratch again. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I feel like they haven't done a whole lot on Elder Scrolls 6 yet. Like, no, I don't even. Just they made a teaser trailer, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, J. Reed Vic 7. Let's talked about it at lunch a bit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, this one's probably for you, Matt, because your girl's a huge Overwatch player. Um, after about a year, I'm still not great at Overwatch overall and still understand very little about the meta, how characters match up, etc. Not very good at it overall, yet I'm an amazing DVA player. Diva. Diva. I've always called her DVA for some reason. No, her name is, she's Diva. Um, is there a character or class you guys have been great with in a game or franchise you otherwise wouldn't have considered yourself serviceable at? That's a good question. Um, hmm. MOBAs. No, I'm not good at any MOBAs. Here, here's well, I'll, Matt can think about it while I give my answer. Uh, MOBAs. I have found that the characters that I'm good at are the characters I don't want to play. Hmm. Like I thought when I started playing MOBAs like League of Legends or Dota 2 that I would want to play the melee characters, which I didn't even know at the time were called tanks, but the tanks, the guys who can get up close. Maybe cast a up-close spell, just beat on the opponents and take a beating. 
I thought that would be the character that I would want to play. As it turns out, I'm much better at, and I enjoy playing the <laughs> ranged characters. The char and I like having the distance from danger in MOBAs for some reason. I'll play shooters all day. You can come up and shoot me in the face with a shotgun. I'm like, whatever. But in MOBAs, I like having the distance between my character and the others, and so I always play with ranged characters. So that is one genre and two games in particular where I ended up playing as classes or characters that normally in other games I would not play. Battlefield Bad Company 2, I was a really good sniper. Oh, yeah? And I have never been a good sniper in anything else <laughs> Me ever. either. I hate snipers. But Dude. for some reason, the way Battle, Battle, well, the way Bad Company 2's like, sighting mechanic worked, where you could spot people, and people could spot them for you on your squad, I just, for whatever reason, I just, my brain understood the, the bullet drop difference between where the marker was, and, where, and I could snipe people over hills. Yeah. Like, you like, just got into that zone one, where yeah, you one time, calculate it in your one brain. One time I was playing in the game lab, and uh, Abby, who you know, who used to work with Respawn, actually Abby Happy, she's Abby Happy now at, uh, uh, Media Molecule. She's for Dreams. With Dreams. You've seen her on stage recently. Yeah. Um, we were, we were playing, and she's, a huge, she's really good at shooters. She's, 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 she's one of the better best, than me at Call of Duty. She's one of the best shooter players in the world that I've ever seen. Well, that's definitely not, not true. Not true, but, but, in, but <laughs> as far as anyone I've she's met good, in person, though. she's like, it's, it's embarrassing to play with she's her. She's good, yeah. And uh, she was like, wow, you're like, you're ripping shit up with the, with the snipe. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I gotta, <laughs> Sometimes but I was fine. But I was really good with snipers in that game, and I've never been good with snipers ever again. In any other shooter, had you ever been good with one before? No, yeah. never. I mean, I, I guess suck. I, I hate was, snipers and shooters. I, I was them. functional with uh, in facing worlds on Unreal Tournament, but that was yeah, yeah. everybody was doing it right. in that game. But like that was the only time where like I was like number one on the leaderboards regularly. I was like uh, I was doing really. I was not dying over and over. I was doing very well. And then the next Battlefield came out and I sucked again. Like it was whatever that was about that one game, that one bad company too. It just clicked. There are people in Black Ops 4 that are just mind-blowing with a sniper rifle. They don't shoot from far away. They run full speed and are quick-scoping as they're running. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I honestly wonder if they're cheating. Like, I don't know how they do it. It's just headshot, 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 headshot. Like, how? I feel like it has to be like you play it often enough that you just, you know. You know that if you move the controller, move the mouse this amount, and then do this, it will do this at this point, and that will be what you need to hit the button to do that. I mean, it becomes automatic in a way that some fighting game combos are automatic. I mean, look, I can scope up somebody quick. Like, and you're right, like what you were saying earlier about how you learn how to work with the auto-aim. I mean, part of Call of Duty is get the reticle close enough, mm. then snap the in, snap. and then fine-tune and fire. And your muscle memory gets where it's just one motion. You I mean, the it. main thing is you're not but, playing this game 14 hours a day. Yeah, but these quick scopers, Matt, I have no... I would never, ever be able to do that. Ever. I think you would if you played it 14 hours a day for months. It is like, mind-blowing. That's, that's all they do. That's I all guess. these guys do. That's what they do all the time. I've seen crazy stuff on streams. Where, you know, I've been watching... Um, I highly recommend this if you go look up the YouTube channel uh, Summoning Salt. He does, uh, he's done a series of videos that show the progression of speedrun world records for different games. Uh -huh. um, and kind of go through the years of like, you know, in the early 2000s, it, you know, the speedrun record was this. And then it, it, people figure this out, figure this out, figure this out. And especially like the Donkey Kong 64 one, it starts with like the record was like four minutes and 50 seconds. 
And are you kidding me? No. Well, the, originally <laughs> it was like four hours and something, and then they cut it down and cut it down, and cut it down, and by the end of it. Uh, people are yeah. It was four hours. Okay. And they're, and they're cutting it. Like they're cutting it down. Minutes. Cutting it down. Cutting it down. By the end of the video, the t- you know, and currently the top world record is like twenty four minutes. And oh something my god! Seconds. That like, game is gigantic. But, but they're but they're you know, they, they figure out the bare minimum. They need not bare minimum. They skip everything. Uh, you don't have to get a gold banana. You don't have to get you get like basically the speed run of, of Donkey Kong sixty four now is glitching all through. these different glitches. You have to get two of the keys, turn those in, and then you go straight to the final boss fight. But to do that requires like Crazy glitch scale. tricks that are like yeah. one frame and you have to pull like, off and you have to pull them off five or six of them in a row yeah. and it's like you can get and like That's you watch, or you watch yeah. like the the super mario brothers one runs where guys have to, can do one pixel one frame tricks to clip through various things and they do it every time yeah um and early on you see them like i had to do it a thousand times before i got it but like once they get it some, sometimes these guys can just do it and it's like yeah, you can actually be that good. Yeah, you can. If you do it long enough, Quick scoping, though, just, it's insane, dude. Like, just to be able to headshot, it's like, okay, but, but shoot think me, about shoot how me, much. Shoot eight guys in the chest like this, sure. Like, I might be able to get to where I can do it. It's headshot, 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 headshot. Like, slide on your knees while you're sliding, headshot. Like, it's insane what these guys do. Like, it blows. I've been playing Call of Duty hardcore for like 12 years and it still blows my mind and i still swear they're cheating somehow it's no, like they, they just it, it's just it's all crazy. they do it's crazy it's really insane. you don't play it enough to to to, to be at that level i, guess I will never play anything that I, enough to I be hope at that level. i because dude it would take me till i was like 90 and then i would start dealing you with gotta, like the degradation of my reflexes like the hardcore stuff like level especially like the streamers and stuff like you don't understand i mean there's guys that play star citizen 12 to 16 hours a day on stream. There's like, you know, the the the, the summoning salt uh, show about Super Mario Brothers one. They go, they they break down this one guy that was trying to beat the one record, and he made six thousand attempts. Six thousand, and of those, <laughs> he only got to like the last level for like you know the last level to to beat Bowser and get the record. He got there like 40 times. That's how like precise and how constant and how hard all that is. It's like. You know it, the, the people that are that good at things, like they are. That's all they do. It's all they. I don't have the focus to be that good at anything. I don't care enough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's really what. But it I mean, that's true of like if you know, like Ricky J, the music m- magician. Ricky J died this past week, and you watch a bunch of his videos. Look up Ricky J and his fifty-two assistants on YouTube. It's one of the most amazing magic specials ever made. He is he is a sleight of hand master on the level that maybe ten people in the history of the humanity have been. Yeah. And but it's all he ever did. It's all he did from when he was four years old. He was on television performing magic magic when he was seven. And you're right. There are things that I've done in my life that when I started trying to do them, I thought there was no way I was gonna do it. The guys who can headshot headshot snipe from like a kneeling position while moving. That's they. It's because they've done it ten thousand times before, and now they're good enough to do it like that. Nutty. I mean, I'm sure some of them are cheating too, but like, I I know a few. I played a few PS4, of them are really like, doing they're it. They're probably not cheating. They're probably not. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if it was PC, I'd be more skeptical. Uh, Joaquin Dragoon, what do you guys think of the Amazon fail with the kind of funny guys? What is that? I don't know what that is. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Fill us in. Maybe it happened while during today or something while we were setting up for the show. I don't know. I haven't heard anything about it. Um, Super Cordon Blue. When do you think Blizzard will start planning on Overwatch 2? 
You think the current game has a few more few more years left on it? I bought two copies, by the way. LOL. <laughs> Blizzard has already said that Overwatch is a ten-year game. Yeah, they said that. They've been on the record so saying that. So 2025, they might start yeah. on Overwatch 2? And I don't think they'll ever get rid of the original. I think they'll just no. make it completely free, and they'll just keep making money off cosmetics, and then they'll It'll charge. It'll become Overwatch Classic. Yep. And they'll just charge for Overwatch 2. Yeah. But it's a long way away. I Honestly, I mean, do they really need to release Overwatch 2, or do they just need to completely revamp the graphics? Mm. I mean, if you make Overwatch 2, are you going to get rid of all those oh, characters? Kingdom Hearts. No Amazon way. Kingdom Hearts. I get Okay. What? Not kind of funny. Kingdom Hearts. Oh. They were supposed to show a new Kingdom Hearts 3 trailer, and they couldn't for some reason. Who couldn't? Amazon. They couldn't. They said they couldn't show it. Something happened, and they weren't able to show the tra new trailer. Wait a minute. Why would Amazon show a trailer? Because they had an exclusive to show a trailer, and then they didn't. Wait, what? Why would... It, what? Why would Amazon have an exclusive to show a trailer? Because Amazon wants to get in on this shit, man. Wait, they're doing content? Amazon? I, Amazon's been doing content forever. Amazon Prime. What? They're showing video stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, But they're doing just... That's like TV shows, though. Yeah, but like they were supposed to show it, drop a new Kingdom Hearts trailer, and they didn't, and there was a whole thing about it. So what's related to Kind of Funny, though? Nothing. I don't know where you got Kind of Funny from. It's related to it. Where? Right there. Joaquin Dragoon. What do you guys think of the Amazon fail with the Kind of Funny guys? I didn't know Kind of Funny was involved. But I guess they were supposed to spot... Maybe they were supposed Maybe to Maybe what happened was... Kind of funny was supposed to get the trailer, and the wires got crossed, and they gave it mm -hmm. to Amazon or something. I don't know. No, there, it was a thing with like a exclusive something, like a pre-order thing, and you were supposed to get. It's supposed to be a trailer for the pre-order bonus. Oh, uh, and something we had that on Sifted. I saw. It yeah, today. but it was late. It was like a day late or something. Uh, and they, like, because I saw, I didn't see what happened. Somebody explained it. To I it. saw Amazon apologizing for it. That's all. That's the only reason I knew about it. Uh, okay, it was Amazon Twitch stream and kind of funny was hosting it. So yeah, Amazon what? Amazon's branching out. Amazon was doing a live stream and kind of funny was hosting it. I guess. I don't, I don't know what the hell's going on. I, <laughs> kind of funny. Synergy, man. It's all about synergy. <laughs> it's all about money. That's what it's all about. Uh, Congrim one. Do you think games with gold and PlayStation Plus are bad for indie games? I'm sure those of us that subscribe to these services just add them to the library and forget them at this point. With being this late in the cycle and having so many high-budget gaming options with not enough time to play even those. I don't think it's bad. No. They're bad for any games because... I mean, most of it is like stuff I probably wouldn't have played anyway. Right. And I agree with you. I play hardly any of the free games I get yeah. on Xbox. I literally... I think the last time... I still collect them every month. I don't know why... I make sure at the end, in fact, I'm going to go grab my it's Xbox. Free. But Yeah, exactly, but I'm not going to play them. But it's free. I know. It's, i got to get it because it's free. It's so weird, the psychology behind it. Like I got. Uh, I just got the Dante's Inferno from, yeah. for the 360 <laughs> yeah, on Xbox Live Gold. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, am I going to look that again? No, that game's garbage, but I still want it for free. Yeah, I know. It's funny. Like It's like you can't turn down something. Yeah, you didn't lose anything. I think a lot of times I think about, okay, when I die... And I pass on my stuff to, like, my brother or whatever. Like, he'll have that if he wants to play it. I know it's completely crazy to think about, but... They're all just going to throw your consoles out and never look at it. Well, I mean, <laughs> those consoles will probably be in a landfill by then. Like, I'm just assuming my accounts will live on somehow. I don't know. Who knows what's going to... You know. I'm crazy. Uh, w. Matthew. I knew he'd get in here eventually. 
Uh, given how badly both Fallout 76 and Battlefield 5 are tanking, do you think we are going... Uh, you think we are at a point where good enough isn't good enough? Uh, Monster Hunter World and Yakuza 0 were the only AAA games I bought this year. Interesting. You need to get a PS4, bro. That is a... I don't know if I'd call this AAA. Yeah, I don't know if I would either. Uh, I have been playing Warframe and Overwatch most of the year because I find most AAA games have gotten boring or generic. Well, the fact that God of War and Spider-Man are the two best games of the year to me and both sold cra like crazy indicate that the AAA space is fine. Well, he's saying, um, though... I think, like, I think you just had a really crowded straight section here and... People, you know, the, the people that make the AAA games super big hits, like those people buy like three games a year. Yeah. And like that that meant that you know I think you are right and that you say there's a lot of people are deciding is is my shooter going to be Call of Duty or is it going to be Battlefield? Yeah. And normally I think that's a harder choice, but this year Battlefield got pushed out. Battlefield kind of went quiet for a while out of necessity, and Call of Duty has the battle royale mode at, yeah. out of the gate, and it wasn't even a choice anymore. Um, I think that was where that was where the swarms were going was for the battle royale thing, and with, with, with Battlefield Five was unable to play in that space, so they were not a factor, and that's just what's going to happen. I think what he's getting at though is that games that maybe used to be called AAA and would sell millions of copies now all of a sudden aren't good enough. Mm -hmm. That there's this upper echelon or new tier of like elite games that are taking all the sales away from what would normally be considered AAA or big budget games that would do well. They're not doing as well anymore. Um, I can't think of a whole lot of games like that except for Battlefield. I mean, like you, the, a lot of the games that, that have underperformed this fall... He said Fallout 76 was his other example. Fallout 76 is a special example. It has nothing to do with AAA games being good or not. It has to do with the fact that you shipped a broken product nobody wanted. Yeah. I mean, it's like Solo. Solo underperformed because no one wanted that movie. Yeah. It wasn't because Star Wars is broken. And it wasn't even really because the movie was bad either. It was just boring. It, it was, was just not whatever. anything anybody cared about. It was just know? whatever. And I think bad that's movies really the problem. Bad really well all the time. I think that's the problem, though. A lot of these franchises are starting to turn into whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think what we're seeing that do really well are drastic reboots like God of War or applying that elite level of quality to an IP that people already love, a la Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. um, so I can understand what he's getting at, but yeah, if he's I only playing games like Yakuza 0 and Monster Hunter World in a year that was as good as this year... Yeah. W. Matthew, bro. Do you not have a PS4? Maybe he just has a PC. Looks like PC. Yeah. That's a case I can understand, but I would also recommend... Well, you only bought two games this year, but normally I would recommend saving some of the money that you would spend on games that you may not get that much out of and use that to buy a PS4 so you can play the elite level stuff like God of War, Spider-Man, etc. Yeah. I have to say when cuz Steam did their like Soon their the last of a I mean Steam did their Thanksgiving sale and they had like a game they, they did the Steam nominee Steam game of the year nominees or whatever like the Steam awards. Yeah. You're supposed to nominate things. Nominating stuff for game of the year and like the high level stuff for in in that cuz you had get a badge out of it. Doing that now, I, was, I had to really think hard because all the best stuff I've played this year was on console. Yeah. It was it, mostly PS4, but like... PC's getting better with the console stuff coming but over. But even like with multi-platform, I was like, mm, I don't know. It's like, in the end, I picked Subnautica. 
Wow. Which was in the only PC like specific game. I mean, I'm guessing that Monster Hunter World is winning whatever that poll is. I don't know. It's, That's well, my guess. Well, it's purely just to, like I think it's to determine the nominees for the Steam Awards during the holiday sale. So we'll see what it turns out to be. I will say, Labor of Love was a category that was like, you know, developer that has thrown the most time and effort into keep continuing to improve the game. If No Man's Sky doesn't win that, there is no justice. Because damn, those guys just don't quit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's see. Someone says kind of funny selling out. Still no one has explained how kind of funny is wrapped up in the Amazon thing. Uh, here, I guess they were, ho- they, were hosting and they were hosting the stream with Amazon? Were they like partnered with them or something? I don't know. Juan X Solo says Amazon has a gaming Twitter feed, which is really freaking weird, where they were hyping it up and it was a fail. They apologized before the stream started. No big deal. Seems like a non-story. Shane Jr. I'm not sure what that's in reference to. Um, let's see. I think we've got... It was an Amazon pre-order incentive. Uh, you get a special keyblade if you pre-order. Mm. Here's the last one from Lestevid. Why do you think there's no Dreamcast or Sega Saturn remakes or mini consoles? Um, it's a pretty good question. Yeah, well, the Saturn I can tell you because nobody played it. Nobody cares. Um, I care, but I'm the only one. I mean, I would argue you can't really do a micro console of the Saturn because really there's like 10 really good games on it. Well, a lot of the really good games, the code's been lost. Yeah. And beyond that, um, the Sega Saturn is extremely hard to emulate. It's only in the last couple of years that real breakthroughs have been made with emulation on Saturn games. Um, and you're kind of up against the wall where, like, Saturn games are gross looking. Like, they're really they are, ugly. Yeah. They're yeah, right I, in the fringe of, I like, say, I viable say that as a 3D. Huge, I'm a huge Saturn fan. I have two of them. I have a huge Saturn library, import and domestic. Um, so, you know, not ripping on the Saturn, but the Saturn, ga- Saturn games look, like, dookie. And um, if you're going to put a Saturn title out now, you're going to need to remake that sucker. And a lot of, I don't think the audience is really there for a remake of Burning Rangers as much as I would like to play it. Uh, Dreamcast, maybe not impossible, but, uh, you know... It has probably 20 games you could put on. a good number. Yeah. Um, yesterday was its 20th anniversary uh, in Japan. It came out 20 years ago yesterday in Japan. Um, next year, uh, September 9th... That's is crazy its 20th to anniv- think about. Yeah, next year is its 20th anniversary in, Japan, in America, 9999. Yep. So that would be the time to put that out. Absolutely. So that could happen. There's a lot of Dreamcast stuff that's had <coughs> PC versions and, and ports to future, you know, to PlayStation 2 and stuff, and I think you could put together a decent collection of Dreamcast games in a stupid little Dreamcast shell mini console thing. It's called just that Flash. Thing. Yeah. Flash I mean, it would be stuff you probably already have because most of the worthwhile Dreamcast stuff has moved forward to future consoles. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, right away. Like, a lot of the Dreamcast stuff yeah. went to, like, GameCube right away. And... Well, yeah, because as soon as Sega went third party and shut that all down, they're like, we got to move some product. And so, yeah, all the you know, Sonic Adventures went to GameCube. Jet Set Radio has been on almost everything you can imagine. Um... You've got uh, the crazy, t- crazy taxi's been on everything. Echo the Dolphin's been on a bunch of stuff. You know, a lot of the, wor- the worthwhile Dreamcast games have lived on. Uh, you know, since then, uh, Saturn would be the the system that I would love to see kind of preserved in that way. But I just don't think the interest is there. Now here's one more um, from Teresa. Say, I'll pay a hundred dollars for for a full remake of Dragon Force. Just so you know, like I just. Just give me a dragon. If voice. they remastered Panzer Dragoon Saga, it would be gigantic. Saga is one of the games that the source code's lost. They'd have to remake it from the ground they up. They should, though. They should remake it from the ground Couldn't up. Couldn't hurt. That, that needs to be 
preserved. I would definitely buy a premium priced Pouncer Dragoon collection. Absolutely, sure. absolutely. Here's the last one. Turismo M3. Thoughts on Days Gone. I'm worried it's going to be bad. I saw Days Gone in a PlayStation commercial yesterday hmm. while I was watching Monday Night Football, I believe. And it was one of Sony's live action commercials where they have like the game world and the real world stuff. Uh -huh. And they had Days Gone in there. So it's not canceled. <laughs> Well, we knew that. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's about the nicest thing you can say about it. I mean, it's starting still, to kind still... of get to that point where you're starting to wonder if there's some kind of a tragic flaw with the game where, like, it won't run or something. Like, it's had what? a release date for, like, eight months. What? It's February 22nd for since, like, April, right? Right, but it's not here yet either. There was yeah. also had a prior release date that came and worried. then it got pushed yeah, again. Yeah, but I'm not worried about it being, like, non-existent or something. I'm worried about being... Oh, I think it exists. I'm worried about being mediocre. It looks like it has it's had trouble finding itself, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you. So have, I would I would say there's I can't I'm not going to tell you not to worry, frankly. No, I would say do not count on Days Gone to be a great game. I think yeah, that's I would, what I would, I would say. agree with that. And that way you set expectations, and that way you can be pleasantly surprised if it is. But I think as of right now, I would definitely be waving the caution flag on Days Gone. Yeah, I feel about Days Gone much the way I feel about Just Cause Four. Yeah, that's a good like, analogy. Eh, I don't know. I'm interested. I want to give you my money. I want to buy it. I want to play it, but I don't. I don't. Know. I don't think I can. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I need to know what. I feel uh, like I need to know what uh, some people think. First, yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. All right. So we're gonna wrap it right there for Game Face One Fifty. Uh, one last reminder: Pactor Factor questions. We're gonna be asking for them starting tomorrow. I think I might stream some Red Dead online tomorrow if I actually can get in. I think tomorrow is the day where everybody who played on the first day can play. Um, so I'm hoping that's the case. And if that is the case, it would be great if we could get a sifted posse together and I could crew up with you guys and then we could stream it out to everybody. That would be sweet. Uh, we're also going to be doing an Ask Shane Anything this week. And... We'll be asking for questions for that on our Patreon, and we'll probably put up a post on the forum on Sifton.net as well. So look for that. Um, with that, on behalf of Matt and Sam, Game Face is up and out. <laughs>